I'm Hannah. I'm Sheena. I'm Lori. And I'm Dusty, and this is Cemetery Row. Yeah. Well, hey, to- Dusty. Hi. Hey there. How's it going? <laughs> Good. We let a boy in the clubhouse. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yes. Broken the rules. <laughs> Uh, so for those of you who are used to just us girls, that is a new voice to you. He is not a regular unless we just convert him by the end. Um, <laughs> but you may know his voice from TikTok. Um, Dusty, why don't you tell uh, the, the good listeners who you are and how sure. they know you? Yeah. So my name is Dusty Gannon. Um, I am the lead singer and uh, guitarist of the band Vision Video here in Athens, Georgia. But uh, most people probably at this point know me as uh, Goth Dad, which is a Minnesotan, <laughs> vaguely Midwestern Canadian vampire uh, Goth Dad on TikTok, and uh, that was something that uh, is more a recent development in my life that I am beholden to now. <laughs> it's just something that I do now, I guess. Um, but yeah, um, so, but mostly what I do is, uh, is, is work, uh, with music, um, and, and, uh, and my music and our music as a band is about, uh, trauma and, uh, processing trauma and mental health, uh, you know, PTSD, um, like working through very difficult things that I've experienced in the military as an infantry officer. And then uh, as my job now, which my day job, which is a paramedic and firefighter in the Metro Atlanta area, uh, which is um, turns out a little stressful sometimes. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm, I'm a really big uh, proponent of music as an art form being a cathartic um, connector because I think that the best way of, of uh, sort of relating to people and, and, and getting along with your trauma and, and, and you know, working through things is to uh, commiserate. And I think that music has a really powerful way of bringing people together. Um, you know, it starts out as just like, oh, that sounds cool. But then you read lyrics or something and you go, oh, there's meaning to this. There's something more going on behind the behind the curtain. Um, so that's kind of who I am, I guess, in a, in the summation, so to speak. So I got to ask, are you originally from Georgia? Cause we don't hear a Southern accent. Uh, I'm picking up California and I'm yeah. pretty good at accents. Yeah. I'm from like all over. Cause my father was also in the military. So okay. I, I was actually born in Germany. Uh, my mom's oh. German. Oh, and wonderful. I was, yeah. I was born in Berlin in the eighties. Um, which is like probably the coolest thing about me, honestly. But um, <laughs> yeah, we moved to California. So you did get that a good bit. Um, we moved to California after Germany for like three years, a typical duty station. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're familiar with the military life, every three years you move, basically. I'm a um, Navy brat. So yeah. Okay. So you know <laughs> yeah. all about it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, we moved from California to Georgia in, oh, it was like early 90s, like 91, I think. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I kind of consider Georgia home in a way because I went to high school here. I went to university of Georgia for my undergraduate. Um, you know, I, and, and I came back here in 2016 when I left the army, I spent most of my twenties in the military in one capacity or another. And I came back here in 2016 
specifically to go what I at the time I had the, this plan to go to grad school for like social work to become a um, military like social worker, basically, and then uh, to also play music because uh, Athens has a very storied music scene here. It's like, you know, REM, B-52s, Pylon, yeah. you know, drive-by truckers. Like mm -hmm. there's a lot of really phenomenal bands um, that come from here. And the infrastructure of the city is built around, uh, you know, University of Georgia and the music scene. So um, I ended up moving back here in 2016 and, uh, you know, it, yeah, it felt, you know, it felt like coming home. So I guess if there's a one place that's home, it's <laughs> Georgia <laughs> to me, but, uh, yeah, it's, I also like fully recognize that Georgia is not 100% my favorite place at the same time. <laughs> like it's such a, a lot of things in my life are very dualistic and, I love this place and I also despise this place uh, very much. So <laughs> just because well, like, like we're Athens, Mississippians. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're each into the choir. Y'all know, know all about it. I mean, it's like, you know, you like you have cities like Athens and Savannah and like parts of Atlanta and like weird little places like Lexington, Georgia is like really cool. Uh, there's a lot of like queer artists that live there, which is awesome. But, um, mm -hmm. and, but it's like, you're, you're just surrounded by this like horde of idiots. And <laughs> yes. I just, it's just like really difficult because, you know, you got to like really love the place that you're at to stay in a place like this. But uh, Athens is unfortunately suffering what a lot of like really cool places are suffering in America, which is the over overly dramatic gentrification right? Um, where like, you know, uh, BIPOC and queer spaces mm -hmm. are being like removed or just like interesting, like alternative spaces are being just totally decimated by money. And yep. it's, uh, it's like never been more apparent than here in Athens. Cause like, so, uh, just, and this is just like a sidebar and I'm, I get really, really talkative. So I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, advanced. you're good. Yeah. But like, so when I graduated UGA, uh, with my BA in religion, it's the nerdiest thing on earth, but, um, <laughs> I graduated in 2011 and right after I graduated UGA dramatically increased their uh, entry requirements because they wanted to be seen as what they used to be, which is sort of the Ivy league of the South. And uh, they did it. And it's like really tough to get in now again. And it's kind of back to that level of academic prestige or whatever. Um, but the, the unintended consequence that they don't realize is like, you're bringing in people who can get into a school like that. And when you bring in people like that, their parents come here and they buy up all these houses, they turn them into Airbnbs or they, they turn them into college rentals. So like there's a historically large black community here, they get forced out. Um, you know, there's a lot of artistry, like I said, artists and queer communities that have been sort of forced out. Um, this was a place where you could come and be a musician making, you know, 600 bucks a month because you're you're right. you're trying to yeah. build a name for yourself and you're you know just really working hard on getting shows and like working on your craft and whatever but you could afford it 15 right. 20 years ago now it's impossible it's literally impossible to find a two-bedroom apartment in athens that's less than 1500 dollars right which is and crazy yeah, I yeah mean, for sure you know so and, yeah it's it's just one of those those things where i i um i definitely will always love the city. Um, and I will always be appreciative of what it 
foundationally did for us as like musicians, especially here for the band. Um, but it's one day it's just going to be sort of like whitewashed and super boring. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, just yeah. turning into another part of Atlanta, basically. Right. right. Which is kind of terrifying. Yes. <laughs> like, I love Atlanta, but Atlanta is sometimes Atlanta. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and we watch similar things happen with Oxford. I feel like every mm-hmm. time right. we go back to visit Ole Miss, I'm like, what the hell is this? Yeah, yeah exactly. Sure. Yeah. 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 It's, I mean, it's just like, that's what happens in these, in our society, because people who are historically rich are like the system is built to support them. And one of the ways that people get really ultra rich is through property. Right. And, you know, they're just doing like what they've general generationally done for like decades. But, you know, it's just a bummer because um, like there's like Athens has such a really amazing music scene. Like there are so many, like it's still here and it's, there's so many phenomenal artists that are still here. Uh, and, and I hope that the people that are in higher places in the county government, the commissioners and everything, I, I have a lot of faith in them that they recognize these problems and they're trying like aggressively in the face of like a lot of opposition to from a lot of idiots who don't <laughs> understand that these are real problems that affect, you know, because like the president making decisions most of the time doesn't actually affect you your county government makes a big fucking deal in your life yes absolutely most people have no concept of that and it's really a bummer um yeah anyway that's my terror about athens (laughs) no no (laughs) but no it's funny because as you talk i hear a little bit of that goth Mm. dad come out Yeah. How did you come up with goth dad? I mean, it just seems (laughs) like such a fun part of your personality. Like it doesn't seem like it's a stretch for you. Well, I guess it's not in a sense. I mean, like my dad is uh, such an awesome guy. And, you know, we, I grew up, my, my dad dealt with a really severe mental illness for many, many years. And it was, um, basically an, an, a mental illness. It's, it's called schizoaffective disorder. It's like mm-hmm. under the umbrella of schizophrenia. And mm-hmm. uh, for many years, they didn't know how to treat his disease. So they just sort of sedated him. So yeah, my dad yeah. and I didn't have like a, any kind of real relationship because he was just sort of in bed for yeah. many years and just sort of like a zombie. But it was like within a matter of a year and a half when I was a teenager, the, the drugs they had figured out just through science Mm-hmm. big shocker science works <laughs> yeah. he just became a human again and yeah. um you know him and i have developed a really close relationship over the past like 15 years especially uh because we didn't really have that when i was a younger kid like mm-hmm. uh when i was when i was really young we did but then from the ages of like five to probably 15 for so for 10 years it was just kind of different but in any case um my dad is a really um uh, just a really fantastic person. He, he, he is very incredibly intelligent and, and very understanding and just, you know, he, he tries to be analytical and, and, and he's very creative and he's just, he's a lot of the good things that, that I became are really from him and, and my mother entirely. I, you know, I, I, I'm a, I'm a product of genetics. I, I've done <laughs> very little myself, but um, so goth dad, I mean, I guess the genesis of goth dad was literally, I was just like kind of fucking around, like writing music 
And a lot of the times my, my writing process is like really arduous because I'm hypercritical of everything that I create. And I most of the time just throw everything away and I'm like, that shit, fuck it. And I just kind of get rid of it. But uh, what I'll do a lot of the times is when I, I, I always come up with music first because I believe that music has to be like sonically appealing before you can receive the message of the lyrics. Cause if it's, if it's not sonically appealing, nobody's, nobody's going to dig deeper. They're like, Oh, right. this music is horrible. Let me hear the lyrics. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't happen. So uh, what I'll usually do though is before I have any kind of lyrics, I'll just like come up with like nonsense. That's just like words that I can sing to build melody. And then I'll go back and write lyrics that are actually like meaningful to me. Uh, and that was like how goth dad started was cause I wrote that song. It was just like goth dad. It's slightly embarrassing, but still kind of cool. It was just like, <laughs> like that song is actually going to become a song for the band. Um, but maybe not anymore because now it's like the goth dad theme song. <laughs> and so that like did well on TikTok to some degree. But then, uh, you know, it wasn't like it was it wasn't like massive. It was just like it did pretty well. And then I was like, wait a second, like this could be like an actual character. And then I was like, OK, I'm going to make a video that's like you know, this like super like hyper wholesome dad. (laughs) That's just reminds me of my dad. And like, you know, he's really like, my dad is super cheesy. Like he's (laughs) the ultimate dad. Like he just constantly has these jokes and and he's a like quantity, not quality kind of guy. Like (laughs) it's like a thousand horrible dad jokes. and, And they're not like, they're like, ones that are already established they these are the jokes that he like comes up with on the spot and it's like i mean your, your eyes will ache from rolling in the back of your head um so i kind of thought of that and i was like i was already kind of doing the the goth dad jokes thing too like sort of concurrently with that but um yeah and, and uh the 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 midwestern thing of it came from uh so our bass player dan is from wisconsin and his parents live in okay. minnesota now and like I had just met them when I had made that character, like we all went to dinner, went out to dinner um, like a week before I did that first video with Got That as like a character. And I mean, they are like walking stereotypes. They're like, oh, geez, like where do you want to go to dinner? I don't know. Like, what what do you think? This place has some good beer and brats. Let's go. There. It was just like, like this is ridiculous. Like, I I mean, you know, I love when you run into people that are like totally stereotypes because yeah. it's like it's just incredible. It's like wow, this exists. Um, so, but they're like super sweet and they're just like really genuine, lovely people. And we went out and like had some beer and ate some food and it was just really nice. So I just sort of like took. And, and just something about that, like Midwestern accent just seems like really like Americana wholesome. Like it's just, it's like simple. It's like, we live out in the Midwest and we eat cheese and we <laughs> like, and I, so that I just sort of combined his parents with my dad and just that, that's where it, that's where it came from. And I mean, it's so funny, like when you, cause I make stuff on TikTok all the time and like 99% of it's just like hyper cringe for the sake of me just fucking around. Like I, I don't take anything <laughs> yeah. seriously. The only thing I take seriously on TikTok is like making fun of Republicans and uh, COVID vaccine information. And that's yeah. it. Like that's it. <laughs> Everything else. I'm just like, this is the dumbest shit. I, I can't mm-hmm. believe I'm making this. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it's so funny when you do make things on TikTok because 
the things that you don't think are going to land well, just like blow the fuck up sometimes. And you're just like, mm -hmm. whoa, oh God. And <laughs> that, that first, uh, like grilled cheese tombstone yeah. thing. Just That's like how I found went, you. It went crazy. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, fuck me. This well, is nuts. Cause the girls had sent me and I was like, oh, Midwestern. Cause I'm here in Chicago, Chicago. Yeah. I'm Chicago. learning the accent. I'm learning the accent. <laughs> Um, yeah. and I have friends in Minnesota and I'm like, that is a, <laughs> that is on it's real point. Yeah. And they're like, no, no, no. He's like from Georgia or something. I'm like, hold on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hold yeah. On. A lot of people think that I'm like actually yeah. either Canadian or from like Minnesota. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, I don't, I don't know what to tell you, but I'm definitely not. I've, I, never, I've never been to Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> I also need information on the cat. In the background, yes, that cat behind you <laughs> yes. is a beautiful oh, cat. That's Marshmallow. He's a oh. he's a good boy. He's he's he he will definitely jump up into my lap at some point. And wonderful. Okay. Who's yeah. who's the cat that was on your hearse? Uh, that's usually Growl. Uh, his his full title is König Grauwald von Liechtenstein, which in German means King Grey Forest of Liechtenstein. Very uh, nice. He is super regal. He's like mostly outdoors. He ha he rules over the domain around my house. Gotcha. And, uh, yeah, he just, he doesn't take any shit from anyone. <laughs> He's yeah. great. And then I have Ripley, who's somewhere asleep. She just sleeps all the time. And she's, <laughs> she's got these huge blue eyes, and she's Aww. the squeakiest cat that I've ever mm -hmm. She's just like, like this <laughs> squeakiest cat on the planet and it's like my heart just breaks every day no. it's just yeah. so good it's just so like cats are one of my favorite things in the world mm -hmm. because they just yeah. they just have like the best energy for like my job which is like chaos and then yeah, i come home right. and then they're just like oh hey what's up man yeah, yeah. Like, exactly where like, you been whatever i don't really give a yep. shit like yeah I'll, I'll come like sit on your chest later and like get yes. in your face and, and yes. like make you feed me <laughs> three times today but you know yeah that's i i like i appreciate the energy because i love a dog mm -hmm. but i i can't really own a dog because of my schedule because right. i'm like, right. 24 hours on 48 off and then right. i'm gone a lot with the band but like and I mean, also a dog is just like, you open that door and that dog is in your grill like <laughs> yes. immediately. Yes. And it's, it's a gorgeous thing. It's a beautiful thing. Cause yeah. that dog fucking loves you and will yeah. die for you. That dog yes. is prepared right now to die <laughs> for you. But you know, when you like have been dealing with like blood and gore, right. death and <laughs> you come home and you just want to like fucking lay down. Like I just want to, <laughs> I want to go for a walk, man. I want to lay down. Yeah. yeah, that's what yeah. the cat's doing, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, you know, uh, speaking earlier of your hearse, yeah. and then you have a casket that we've seen in some of your videos, too. <laughs> yeah. You're clearly more, well, this is something that I, I feel like I talk too much about in general, so I'm going to try not to turn this into like yeah, a, an entire it. thing, but like, I feel like Americans are very separated from death these days. Yes. It, it used to be in the home. It, death yeah. happened at home. You had the funeral mm -hmm. home. And now it's so distant. And I think that's interesting. So it just, it fascinates me as someone who wishes they had their own hearse and wishes they had their own coffin. Yeah. That to <laughs> me tells me that you're very comfortable with the concept of death and that it's yeah. something that you were, obviously, I'm sure you've seen it, been around it clearly oh, yeah. with the, your jobs. So 
let's talk a little bit and i'm going to leave this pretty open-ended of your yeah. relationship with death and and is this something that brings you down is this something that brings you comfort like yeah yeah it's yeah it's no it's it's a huge huge topic and it's a mm -hmm. big part of my life i mean just last night i i had a patient at a surgical rehabilitation center um she was a very elderly woman that that uh it came out as basically unconscious call and mm. we got there and she was in cardiac arrest and we worked her for about 20 minutes uh you know went through the uh, acls protocols we did everything by the books um uh and you know there were no reciprocal changes like no no bitten like after three rounds of epinephrine and all sorts of you know intervention efforts nothing was happening so we called for orders from our uh, emergency physician to terminate and we we stopped cpr and, we, and that woman died um and um yeah you know it's i'm i'm very regularly privy to or an active participant in somebody's passing um i've seen it in sort of what I consider to be uh, more graceful ways. Um, I, you know, one of the most beautiful things that I've ever witnessed was the literal passing of a, uh, she was like 90 something year old woman who died of cancer in hospice care in like with the family. And I don't really, somebody in the family called us out because it was kind of, I think they were freaking out, but the rest of the family was very calm. And, you know, we got there and it was, you know, we basically pronounced her on scene and called the coroner out because that's that's basically how that works for those that right. don't know is we we basically uh, somebody that's in hospice care that has orders for DNR. You know, we're just there to say, yep, they, you know, we attach them to a um, four lead EKG and then we have like the definitive and presumptive signs of death that we document and then we call the police who come with the corner and that's like pretty much it. And we just say like, Hey, I'm sorry. And, but it, you know, so there was that, which is, um, it, I, and I experienced that like later in my career, not earlier on. Uh, so by that time I was already a seasoned firefighter and paramedic and, um, you know, you see something like that and it's like, this is graceful and this is as good as it possibly can be because it's expected. Mm -hmm. It's with family. It's, it's peaceful. It's quiet. Um, and it, and it, it's the most natural thing. Uh, but then on the other end, I've seen, you know, horrific car accidents there. It's just sudden and just so jarring and shocking and, and graphic and, and like obscene in a way um, mm -hmm. that is indescribable. Uh, seeing people burn alive, horrifically yeah. mangled, decapitated. That kind of, I mean, those, those levels of things, um, th those will make you definitely pause later on. I think in the moment I've always been, uh, I, I, I have an, a weird fascination with just sort of like anatomy and just, uh, it, it, it like being around like grossly disfigured uh, 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 dead bodies or, or 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 actual patients that are under our care with like missing limbs or open fractures. It's just never bothered me. And I don't know if that makes me like a complete sociopath <laughs> or if it's just something that, I you know, just like that part of my brain. It's just like, well, we're here to help. And, right. you know, th this is my job. Um, and I, and I think my military background definitely 
-hmm. you know, I, cause I joined the army at 20 and I mean, it, you know, like I was in the infantry. So my, my job was to train, deploy and to kill people. And mm -hmm. I never killed anybody in Afghanistan, but I almost did a couple times. And, um, I think that that was very formative for me to be able to do what I do now, because uh, I still have a lot of empathy um, uh, when it comes to people that I'm caring for. Uh, but I may, I'm also able to keep it on a, on like a, a parallel plane, but separate. I don't know if that makes yeah. sense. Mm -hmm. It does. It, it's like yeah. going, like I can feel it. Like, you know, you'll be emotional in the, in the time where you're like, the word, like my least favorite fucking thing in the world is having to tell somebody that their family member is dead when they don't realize it yet. Mm -hmm. Because um, what most people don't understand about death is that death is a gray area. It's not alive, dead, you know, your right. heart stops and then this process begins. Mm -hmm. And somewhere in that middle ground is death. Yeah. And which I think is also kind of eloquent and beautiful uh, because it's graceful. It's not just, you know, one, two, it's not a binary. Right. It's somewhere in the ether that somebody, the, the thing that, that, that makes us who we are and what we are escapes and, and goes to something else. Um, so, but my, you know, there's a lot of times where you have to experience a, th a situation, um, like I, I can't tell you how many times I've had to tell it's, it's like a lot of the times it's, uh, like, middle-aged men who wake up in the middle of the night and they're like, I just don't feel right. I'm mm -hmm. going to go for a walk or like whatever. And their wife or, or husband or whoever just like goes to bed. And then that spouse finds them dead on the couch in the morning. That's, yeah. That happens right. like a lot because yeah. they have, you know, a uh, 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 myocardial infarction or a heart attack mm -hmm. or a stroke or whatever. And they die. And then, they find them and then they start doing CPR mo usually yeah. very ineffectively because they're emotional. They don't, most people don't know how to do CPR. You know, the dispatcher is trying to tell them, Hey, this is what you right. need to do, but they're freaking out. Um, and then you have to come into that house and then, you know, 90% of the time it's like, Oh no, 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 they're, they're gone. Like there's yeah. morbidity, there's, you know, yeah. rigor mortis, there's whatever. And then you, you know, having to tell that spouse or, you know, um, daughter, son, or whoever, friend, Hey, I, you know, I, I'm sorry to tell you this, but your, your ex is dead right? and there is nothing that you could have done. And there's nothing that we could have done. And I, and right. I am so sorry. And when that happens, there is a, uh, you know, I feel it for sure. Uh, but it's, it's also something that I am able to just like kind of keep compartmentalized. And then it's like, you have to deal with it later and sometimes right. it, it doesn't ever really come back because some things are just natural to me and just it's fine but other things that are more like graphic and horrifying and just like small like weird things just like get under your skin and, and mm -hmm. then they hit you at like weird times but um anyway i'm not sure where <laughs> you're fine you're totally fine you're totally fine no yeah, no I, it's Sheena, that's, I mean, you bring up an interesting point because your bot, your brain develops a way to cope with all of that right. stuff. You see, like y'all yeah. remember we lost so many kids that summer we were on the yeah. newspaper. We became desensitized to the car accidents because yeah. every week we so got many. notified there were so many kids dying yeah. in car accidents. So 
your brain has to figure out a way to cope and to compartmentalize that so that you're not you know just losing it at every moment yeah and like with the compartmentalization like a personal story and sheen and Lori both know this in 2011 i was in a really bad car accident with my mother my grandmother and my Mm. grandmother got ejected um and she of course didn't survive Mm. and it's that you know what was really hard for my mom was my grandmother was supposed to have a good death. She was supposed to die in bed, surrounded by all of us. We were supposed to hold her hand as she transitioned to the next, but that's not what happened. She died on a highway. Um, And, you know, the unfairness of that and the just like, um, one of things that I hate that people say, well, they're in a better place now. I was like, what's so goddamn wrong with with us? (laughs) You know, we were perfectly fine. Thank you. Um, But at the time when that happened, all of my family lived out of state and my dad was stationed in Japan. So, Mm. and my mom was in the ICU. So you just, everything else goes away and you just work. You, you keep working, you keep working. And it wasn't until years later when I went to therapy that they were like, um, we have to deal with stuff now. (laughs) Right. And I'm like, are you sure? She's like, yeah, no, we, we got to feel all those feelings you haven't been feeling in (laughs) for five years. So yeah. But yeah. yeah, I mean, your brain just, you slip into a mode of like A, B, C, D, mm-hmm. I'll deal with the rest later. Take care yeah. of business. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, um, it's, it's funny for me because, uh, I was diagnosed with PTSD a couple of years ago. Um, and I didn't even really understand it because I had such a, what I considered a mild, I, I kind of knew, I guess, in some ways that that it was there, but I had such mm-hmm. a mild expression of mm-hmm. it until it wasn't. Right. And that was the weird thing was that it was like, um, just like, this is weird. You know, this little tick right. or this little thing. Mm-hmm. But then one day in 2018, I like lost my fucking mind. And I mean, I, you know, I almost like killed myself because I yeah. was, I, I mean, I, I was so just shocked just suddenly how this like insane amount of stuff started yeah. pouring in. And it was all because, of like just stress from the military. And then I was in this really weird bracket of time early, early on in my career it was my first year out as a paramedic and firefighter from the fire Academy. And like, I have this like uh, weird thing, you know, some people there's this term they use in, in the fire world called uh, you're, you're, you're a black cloud. And if you're a black cloud, you get on that med unit, that ambulance, like somebody's going to die. Something oh, bad no. going to happen. Yeah. It's just, it's like, it's just, You're right. It, it just, it's a weird thing. You know, I, I, I kind of didn't believe in it at first until I started yeah. really seeing it. I was like, oh, it is like literally every time that I'm on this ambulance, something crazy, like some right. career defining call comes out and it's like, holy right. shit. Like, um, I've run some, some calls that, uh, you know, people, like when I start listing the craziest calls to people, you know, I've only been out in the field for like three and a half years, but I start listing the, the amount of crazy stuff. People that have been working for like 10 years are like, Oh, holy shit. Like, yeah. I'm like, I don't know, man. I, you know, it just is what it is. But uh, I, I went to this weird time in 2018 though, where I was already very fragile mentally because of military stress. And then there was just this like month where it was just like every single day, like it was just cardiac arrest, horrible traumas, Mm -hmm. you know, shootings, stabbings, just, Mm -hmm. I mean, crazy shit all the time. And I just like, 
completely lost my mind. Like I was, I was acting like ultra impulsively. I burned a lot of bridges um, in relationships and friendships. And just like, I was just, I was like pushing everybody away. Cause I, in my, I think in the back of my mind, I was like preparing to mm-hmm. kind of exit so to speak. Um, but you know, yeah, it, it, it's funny now that I, that I'm aware of it and I, I have a lot of coping mechanisms and things that I do to, to, to handle it and to mitigate it. Um, but it's like, now it's, 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 it is the most random times. Like I'll just be like at dinner talking to somebody and then it's just like, Oh, and now I'm thinking about, mm-hmm. you know, the kid, the, the like teenage kid that was a hundred percent burnt, but was still talking to me, Oof. uh, you know, and I'm, and I'm thinking about what he said to me and it's like, no context. It's just there. Yeah. It's just like, Hey, remember this? And you're like, Oh yeah, cool. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Appreciate uh, that. Cool. Yeah. But, I was having you know, a good day, but thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I guess that's, you know, that's the human brain is that it, 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 it picks the smallest piece of context out of yeah. your, your sensory experience. And it goes danger. Don't mm-hmm. be near this right. or whatever. And yeah. you don't even have to like realize what that context was, but your brain is just suddenly in some other place and then another time. Um, but, you know, I, I, I feel um, d- despite all as, as much as I think I could look at all of this stuff as a negative there's a lot of my life where I'm really humbled and grateful for the experiences that I've mm-hmm. been through, through this stuff, because um, it has made me realize a lot of good things like, you know, what, what really matters, like having your health, having mm-hmm. a home, having people that love you, like mm-hmm. people that care for you, like that, those are the things that really truly matter. You know, the, the, the minutia that we get wrapped around so easily is, is a lot more, easy to dismiss when you've seen like horrible yeah. things. Uh, so I, I, I feel like I'm a bit more grounded than I used to be. Uh, and I'm really grateful for that, but I'm also just grateful for the opportunity to, I guess, be an empathetic person when it comes to like people's end, end of life. And yeah, I feel mm-hmm. like, um, you know, one thing that I'm very good at is genuinely uh, expressing condolence to family or just being very open and honest and communicative with uh, with family members when somebody dies or is about yeah. to die. Uh, because, I, you know, a lot of people are very like they get very like weird, like mm-hmm. very terse and curt. Right. Right. I just, I just don't think that that benefits like anybody when you're just like right you know we'll do what we can and we'll just get right. this person out of here you know like i i explain you know to family members when somebody is like about to die i don't lie to them and i'll tell them like the chances are very real that your loved one is about to die we're going to try to do everything we can to stop it however I, I I've, I've told many people this like just prepare yourself because right i'm not i'm not here to lie to you and you need to be ready. Okay. And we're going to do what we can, but you know, and I think people are, are better suited for that because the reality is hitting them no matter what. Mm-hmm. And right. it's better for them to hear that in a way, but it just, it also depends on the circumstance. So. Right. True. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting to you talking about being empathetic. I think that goes so well with goth music and, 
like yeah. your band's music. I mean, just sort of feeling those emotions, good, bad, and different. Yeah. Um, that just all sort of ties in together very well. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's, it's the absolute emotional core of everything that I do with music. Um, I think, uh, you know, music to me is, is, is kind of aforementioned. It's, it is this incredible, uh, unifier and it's, it's an experience, you know, it's something that, that you feel, um, you know, there's a lot of things in our world that can be like sort of codified and like quantified, but you can't do that with music. Like it's just right. something that you, you just, it hits you and you either get it or you don't. Right. Um, and I think, you know, uh, like, I'm really fortunate because I have like three outstanding musicians in the band with me. I am an okay guitar player. <laughs> like, I've got a, I've got a good voice, but I'm an okay guitar player, but I'm a, I'm, I'm a better songwriter. Uh, and I think that our strength lies in our, our ability as a band to really convey an emotion and convey uh, a complex idea, um, both lyrically and sonically simultaneously. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's, that's what it's all about for me is just like trying to, to let people know that like, I mean, and it, it transcends like my experience. It's not about being a firefighter or, or a soldier. It's about, you know, being a human being that is privy to like horrific, awful trauma and just having to process that in the moment and then afterwards. And then the ultimate message is that like, you can and have to get along with the trauma because mm -hmm. if you don't, it's going to kill you. And that's, it's just, it's like, to me, there is nothing more tragic than suicide. Yeah. Having been somebody that's, that is like, I mean, I, and it's like being an alcoholic, like once you're suicidal, you are forever. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be there. For, like once you're really close to doing it, yeah. it's there forever. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm fortunate to have lived through my ideations mm -hmm. that were very extreme for a while, because now I can see the tragedy that it would have caused. Yeah. But a lot of people don't. And that's what's so that's what's even more tragic about it is right. that they don't understand the secondary tertiary effects, the lives that are just decimated, uh, when, when, when you make that decision and a lot of people call it selfish. I don't think that's true uh, yeah. because uh, you know, mental health and, and, and PTSD and trauma and depression or, 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 or any other uh, pathological mental disease um, can be so big and so oppressive. And I think it's really reductive and demeaning for people to say like, Oh, they were just like cowards. And that was a selfish act. Like, fuck you. Like, yes, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's bullshit to me. Like that's like you, like if you're a person that can sit back and say that you're a person that's never experienced something that. Right. That absolutely. I yeah. A thousand percent. I've, yeah. I've been hospitalized for mental health. Cause I had the same, mine was in 2018 too. Hey, when? what a shitty year. It was a <laughs> yeah. terrible year. Yeah. Um, but you know, and then the intensive PTSD work that comes after that and all of that stuff. And you're in the middle of a group therapy, bawling your eyes out because you're revealing mm -hmm. your deepest, most shameful traumas to a group of other people who also have deep and shameful traumas. And you're like, 
God, this would have been just been much easier to do what I had planned, but here yeah. we are, yeah. you know, and yeah. you, you know, it's like, okay, but no, it's worth it. It's worth it. We're going to keep, and you know, and it's one of those things that until you've been in that place where everyone yes. would just be so much better if I weren't here, it's hard to, cause it, I mean, being, and my mother also went through a bout of suicidal ideation. Mm. So having been on both sides of that, you know, when me and her would fight when she was in the midst of her stuff, I'm like, you're being really selfish. And then when I was in it, I'm like, well, shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah, you it, know? Comes, it comes full circle. You realize yeah. like, oh, okay, this is, this is how it feels. Cause right. you know, um, a, a lot of my music lyrically is about that futility right specifically because that is the worst part of it to me is uh there's one the like if i if i had to pick any one lyric of anything that i've ever written lyrically um it's uh it's from the song inked in red uh mm -hmm. which is the, the the namesake of our record and um uh basically um the the lyrics are um let me see if I can remember them because I have to like sing it in my head. So it's like, <laughs> um, so, you know, basically say uh, history has drawn these lines across my face with bones through flesh and will it always be this way? And that's, that was like, I wrote that line when I was like in it hard. Yeah. And it was like, I remember writing that down on a like little, shitty notebook that i have in my like music room in my mm -hmm. house and i and i just like wrote that down and just seeing it on a piece of paper and was like fuck that yeah. really might always be like this mm -hmm. right. and i yeah. think you know you that's like there's also power to that moment though because i think when you realize like that it isn't just gonna magically get better or it may right. never get better but it's like that's that's the the sort of moment that you start to say, well, I've got to figure out how to get along right. with this, and just get you know, if I if I can't defeat the demons, I have to make friends with them and at least right. like move forward with them. And I think that that's like the ultimate answer for most people is that you know you're not you're not ever gonna this shit is like the skeletons are just gonna come pouring out of the closet continuously, right? You know, it's gonna be like a cheesy like. 80s horror movie just like skeletons <laughs> right, right. constantly coming mm -hmm. out you're not gonna keep them out but you know if you just let them out and you just sort of sit them down and right go okay all right guys here's me and here's you and we're, we're making peace we're gonna yeah. do this and and that the unfortunate reality like what that actually means in in translation to uh practical terms is like you've got to fucking work on yourself it's yeah. not easy it is not it is not a passive process where you just go talk to a therapist and things get better yeah. mm -hmm. it takes a fight yeah and uh and i think that that's a harsh reality that a lot of people with like extreme mental health especially people with ptsd don't want to do because they're so tired and it's like i know how tired you are but yeah. you have to fight like you have to fight to improve yourself and to to do things that that make yourself healthy and 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 to do things that that when things trigger you can go okay i am trained i am stronger now and i'm mentally ready for this moment here this is my battle this is my fight and I, you know and I, 
I, I guess I relate a lot of this stuff in terminology, the soldier stuff, but it is, it is like yeah. a war. I mean, it's like, yeah. Right. You are going to get through this, but the only way you get through this is if you really dig your heels into the dirt and yeah. be ready for the fight of your life, because otherwise it's going to win. Yeah. Gonna I mean, my therapist was like, we're in it now, kid. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> yeah. You, know, you, you got to go through the other side, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, you know, a lot of, I think we, we've come into a time in, in the Western civilization's timeline where people are so used to instant gratification and i'm definitely one of them i mean yeah. i you know i love clicking a button and like shit shows up oh, in my yeah. house like oh absolutely like, that's just like magical to me like i i <laughs> love that shit but it also really uh trains our our like animal brain to just yeah everything needs to be like that it needs to be an instant payoff yeah, yeah. and i and i I think like one of the things I'm most grateful for in my life, uh, and and I think y'all are all probably around the same age as me. I'm 34, mm-hmm. um, so it- we're older, but we're not going to say by how much. <laughs> not <laughs> much, not much. <laughs> well, you, you, none of you look a day over my age. So <laughs> Thank you, appreciate that. But I, but so I mean, I and I, I think y'all can all empathize with this definitely as well. Is that we are all in an age bracket where we remember what it's like to like have to call somebody on a phone. And if they didn't pick (laughs) up, like, you know, you left a message and then like, maybe they call you back or, or like, if you, you know, you, if you wanted to see a friend, you like walked over to their house and like, sometimes they just weren't there. Right. You're just like, ah, shit. Okay. Well, I go home. (laughs) And then like, if you needed to buy something, you had to wait and go to the store or like Mm -hmm. if you wrote, if you needed to like, send something uh to the government like you had to write it down and like write yeah. a check and it sent through the mail and it was everything was like slower and deliberate right mm-hmm. i explained was... to my nephews that we used to have to call the bank to get the weather yeah <laughs> i mean blew their minds just weird shit like yeah. i mean you know if you wanted to like even, when, even <laughs> is that a cat Dog. It's her dog. Oh, technically, okay. it's a potato. Yeah, it's a potato. We call her a, a potato. That's great. <laughs> the potato has moved. I love it. <laughs> Come but, here. Uh, yeah. So you know, there was this. I think there was a, a more of a sense of, of deliberate nature to things. Right. Uh, you know, twenty to thirty years ago, mm-hmm. and um, it gives you perspective when you've lived like in both realities. Yeah. Like, if if like we had a solar flare that wiped out like just say just cell phone technology for some reason just a hypothetical uh i would be fine like i'd be like oh this sucks cuz like you know it's m- much more difficult but like i would not have an emotional meltdown if like right. I, if i wasn't able to use a smartphone tomorrow but like younger kids are, mm-hmm. that's all they know and i mean that's yeah. that's and 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 i don't say that to minimize it a lot of people right. say that shit to minimize that and right. i and again i'm like fuck you man because that's that's like that's you just being like an old curmudgeon being like yeah oh, these kids don't know anything it's like yeah like if you had the same shit you would do the same thing right. like mm-hmm. we all adapt to our circumstances that yeah. we're given in life um but uh yeah i i don't know it's there's I don't really remember how I got off on this tangent. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I do that a lot. So, uh, musically speaking, what 
Um, what do you listen to for pleasure? What do you listen to for inspiration? What's kind right. of your, your, and your therapy too? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause music is therapy. At least it absolutely me. is. I'm a, I have, I think I have a pretty broad taste just in general, but I, I have a preponderance to like, listen to the same, like 10 songs. Like, <laughs> yes. uh, I mean, uh, like, obviously my, my mainstay, music that i listen to is like sort of 80s goth rock and mm-hmm. like sort of post-punk and, and yeah synth pop like basically alternative 80s music is what yeah. i'll put that umbrella term under um but you know I, I i i really have been trying over the past couple years especially to find like modern music that does what kind of like what we do right uh, but a lot of it in in like really more impressive ways than what we come up with. I mean, there's just so many phenomenal musicians right now that are doing things that pay homage to those bands that we really love from that era. Uh, like I went, I had the total privilege to see the band uh, secret shame a mm. couple of weeks ago and they're from Asheville and uh, we're actually playing with them on our first show on our tour. It's coming oh, up cool. in a couple of weeks and um, they're just like staggeringly good. Like it's just, it's, it's like, I mean, like paying like $10 to see them felt like a fucking crime. I was like, right. this is ridiculous. Like, you know, and they played a, like a, a, like one of, not the smallest venue in Athens, but like a, a, a moderately sized venue. And I was like, man, this, they need to be selling out like big fucking venues because mm-hmm. they're just, they're one of those bands that just like musically, they're very talented uh, instrumentalists, but then like Lena is the lead singer and she has this insane voice like her range is super intense and she just sings about these like really emotive very personal uh topics it's and and you can just feel it and it's i mean it's just such an awesome thing so i've been listening to a lot of new stuff in that in the sort of goth milieu Mm -hmm. um but you know i like i like a lot of different kinds of things i'm a very i'm a very like um purpose oriented music listener so like if mm-hmm. i'm running i because like i mentioned earlier I, mm-hmm. i'm a big runner i run like every other day and when i run i get into this very zen state uh so there's like a couple different kinds of music that i like to listen to that i like really chill like um techno sort of mm-hmm. uh, uh synthy but, but like very like laid back stuff um but then i'll also listen to like norwegian death metal it's <laughs> like ultra violent and just like right. blasting and then i'll listen to like um like old school like 90s hip-hop yeah and, like just really fun like especially the more like um like creative and and, and like thoughtful like socially conscious stuff that yeah because mm-hmm. i feel like a lot of that stuff in the 90s the hip-hop it uh there was like the really poppy stuff that's mm-hmm. not bad at all yeah. i love it mm-hmm. but yeah. then there was just like really really like thought provo- pro- uh, provocative stuff that was so intelligent and just the way that they the wordsmith you know yeah the the, the craftsmanship right just so mm-hmm. fucking insane and yeah. i cannot wrap my head around how they were able to do that like on the fly too like freestyle yeah. it's right. like fuck me that's mm-hmm. like that's just insanely intelligent and i I value uh, intelligent creativity more than anything. Right. I mean, yeah. it's just so rare because there's, there's a lot of musicians 
I think also that are just like fucking great. But I mean, I'm not gonna lie. There's a lot of musicians that are just like really vapid, shallow motherfuckers. Right. Oh yes. Yes. Rock out and like party, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. There's not a goddamn thing wrong with that. However, uh, I think the true artistry is when you can elevate uh, the party into something that means something, and that and and can like save somebody's fucking life because they listen to your song and they go, absolutely. uh, Yeah. There you go. And that's that's what's that's my favorite kind of music is stuff that's just like you know it's it might somebody asked me the other day what like what what my favorite like vibe of music was mm-hmm. and i told them uh my favorite essence of music is music that's nostalgic and like maybe sad but also just like slightly hopeful yeah that's my favorite shit like mm-hmm. and that's why i love the cure is because yeah. everything they do yeah. is like, it's like ultra sad kind of and then yeah but there's that like but maybe things will be okay because yeah i'm in love and and that's worth sticking around yeah like you know i I mean you know i i'm i really think that that robert smith is like one of the most fascinating musicians because he really did live his life sort of mirrored to his music like he's Mm -hmm you know he married mary Poole like at yeah. a very young age and they've been like in love forever and like yeah, yeah. they're just this like super wholesome couple but he, you know uh, and i'm sure that you know that, that they've been through trials and tribulations but like i mean they there's some that that romantic element of him is real and i think that that's something that i really value yeah uh, but anyway yeah <laughs> no i was listening today i was rocking out to just like heaven and i'm like that is it's literally the perfect song i yeah. literally yeah. think it's perfect and it's so effortlessly beautiful it just yeah. flows it's yeah, yeah. so i'm right yeah. there with you it's yeah. got it's got the perfect beat mm-hmm. the lyrics are intelligent but like sweet and beautiful like sad and hopeful and it just yeah. it just like songs like that just remind me of like being like 19 and yeah. like in love but maybe not with somebody that's right <laughs> but like it doesn't yes. matter like <laughs> yep. that shit is great that's like it that's is. the best time of life is like when you're just yeah. like everything is before you and one of my favorite books of all time is um the perks of being a wallflower oh yeah me too yeah. i love that one and yeah then, and so like you know the the author uh what's his name shit i can't Stephen something or another yeah 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 but anyway so the author something yeah it's it's like a polish name i Mm -hmm. I can't remember but uh he he, like one of the reoccurring for anybody that's listening that's never read the book uh one of the reoccurring narratives it's about these kids that are in like the 80s late 80s early 90s and the main character it's it's all written in like this narrative form of a letter uh, letter writing of Mm -hmm. the main character writing to this unknown person that he's like basically they're a safe person that he can write these letters to uh, and a confidant. And, uh, but one of the, like the emotional core of the book is, is this like moment where this kid feels infinite. infinite. And I fucking love that because I think I that's too. just like spot on. And I, and I think as you get older, those moments get harder to find, yes. but, but they become more meaningful and they become more powerful. And I think that For that's sure. really, really fantastic. And so, the cure to me is like that's that kind of music is like infinite nature it's like yeah it really is and and just beautiful yeah Yeah. and you know i never really thought of this until you just mentioned it as he's writing to this person who is unknown to him but he knows is a safe person to talk Mm. to 
I think you created that with goth dad. Oh yeah. You know, I don't know if you meant to or not, but like one of my favorite videos is where, um, it's as if baby bat has come out to you and you're so kind and gentle. Right. And I'm like, we all need that kind of person in our life. So yeah. 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 It, that was, it was such a weird thing. And I, and I, I guess like in some ways it's also been concurrent for me because like I came out as bisexual recently mm-hmm. to my mm-hmm. like family and to add the fucking world. Right. Like, like yeah. Literally to the world now. Um, and, and, and it was really uh, like a lot of people, I, I feel so bad for so many people because they have to go through this really intense experience of having to be open about that. And it, and it was not my experience at all. Like I'm really open about like probably too open about most <laughs> things in my life. And I just like, it's something I'd known about for a long time and it was just sort of incidental. And I was just kind of like, Oh, you know, I told my parents and I knew they were going to be fine. My sister, my aunt, like everybody that I told in the immediacy of the first group of people. And then even like telling like, openly to everyone like with the fire department my Mm -hmm. past soldiers and everything you know i mean there was like i guess concern for just like i don't my biggest concern was like i like don't let this affect our relationship because like right and when i came out uh in a public way you know i told like everybody in the fire department i was like Y'all are not the (laughs) 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 i am into like very effeminate like my, my attraction is in feminine nature. Right. And I just don't give a shit of like, look who, what the body is. Whatever. Attached. Yeah. It's, attached. Like, right. it's, yeah. it's like stupid to me. It's like, like you're just sort of like denying yourself of experience. But anyway, right. Like, right. That's, that's not stupid. It's just, it's just like, yeah, it's just weird. Like to be bigoted about it, you know, it'd be like, right. I refuse to like entertain the idea that like, I could be with somebody of the same sex and it would be fulfilling because like, right, right. do you fucking know? I mean, so in any case, um, you know, and, and, and that's, and that's like, everybody's got to go on their journey. Everybody's got yeah. to, to live their truth and express themselves in, in whatever way that they need to. Uh, but I, you know, I get, I guess it's funny that you bring it up like that because I mean, yeah, I totally didn't realize that goth dad was going to be like this sort of, safe haven for so many people and it 1000 percent is like i get messages all the time uh and i can't it's like it's literally impossible for me to respond to them all and i feel bad about it because i want i I wish i had no job to where i could just (laughs) respond to these kids because it's mostly teenagers who are like hey i don't have a dad or like I do have a dad and I came out to them and they, they said they hate me and they whatever. And it's just like, it's fucking tragic. Um, And it's all, there's also an aspect where like, I can only do so much because I'm like, it gets really exhausting to be like, Hey kiddo, like I get it. You know, I mean, I've not been through that same exact experience, but I know what it's like to be where you're at and just be like, Oh fuck. Like what are people going to think? Um, I think so, that's really, oh, I'm sorry. A no, no, great no. thing about social media for, you know, it installing bad presidents and causing genocide in other parts yeah. of the world um, yeah. is that, you know, like I have these girls I can talk to whenever, oh, granted, we know each other in person, right. um, <laughs> but, but I have friends who 
you know, I have only seen maybe once or some that I've never seen mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. And you think if I had known you in high school, high school would have been much less lonely. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. so it's so good that kids now do have TikTok and do have Facebook and Insta or whatever the babies yeah. are on these days that <laughs> they're not alone. I grew up in yeah. a town of 3000 people. Yeah. I was the goth kid. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> we only had one and I yep. was it. Um, yep, so, you know, you feel so lonely and you feel because mm-hmm. you don't fit in and yeah. they terrorize you because you don't fit in. Oh yeah. And oh, knowing yeah. that, you know, there are, there are other weirdos out there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Well, and you, I, I think like one of the biggest pieces of value that I've gleaned from my like abject social media experience <laughs> of me embarrassing myself every day is that like, I, I, I think that the value of it is that like when I was, I mean, I think we've all kind of had the same situation like i grew up in in oglethorpe county georgia which is yeah. like i fucking dropped out of high school when i was 17 because mm-hmm. a i wasn't learning anything because the school was so underfunded we yeah. had books from the mm-hmm. 80s i was yeah. like i'm just done with this like i was yeah. getting my life was threatened regularly i was yeah. like i mean i i looked i like very similar to how i look right now right uh you know and it, but it like i was a scrawny kid you know now i'm a 200 pound firefighter like right i was a tiny you know scrawny little like weird kid at the time and i was scared for my fucking life like i was afraid you know like like the day before i left high school somebody threw a brick at me and it almost hit me in the head oh my god and i I was just like i'm done i'm out of here and i i I went to the the principal's office and i was like hey you know this high school thing is is great and all (laughs) it's not working for me (laughs) how the fuck do I get out of here? And they were like, yeah. they were like, the, the principal is literally like, I get it. And they were really understanding. And he gave me the paperwork. I took it home. I, I put it on the dinner table. I was like, mom, dad, like you guys know I'm not an idiot. I read all the time. Mm-hmm, I've basically right. educated myself through high school. Mm-hmm. Like, please sign this. I'm, I will get my GED immediately and I will right. go to college and I'll do all the shit that I'm supposed to do. And they were like, oh, yeah, they signed it and I left. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think that the one of the biggest and most important things, it's just like what, what y'all were all saying is like this social media stuff gives like 17, 18 year olds uh, like this concept that's like you've got to hang on for just right. a couple more fucking years <laughs> because yeah. it gets so much cooler. And then right. you go to your goth night and then, yeah. you know you know here in athens we run goth night and dan and i dj and we'll just we'll bring you in and we'll yeah you know, if you're 21 we'll get you drunk and, we'll, <laughs> and make sure that you get home safe right we'll, we'll we'll make sure that you have the best time of your life because that's like that's what makes all the atrocity of existence just totally right. worth it is like being in a fucking room full of people just screaming Susie and the banshee lyrics or yeah or, or screaming like whatever, you know, just, yeah. and just like, nobody gives a shit about what you look like. Uh, right. They're also like, love how you look and, and people compliment that. That's like, that's why I love the goth scene. Yeah. Um, and what that's why I miss concerts. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I know it's, it's, it's such a weird, like we're, we're playing shows right now and we're only really playing events that are like vaccinated requirements. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's like, it's like we're almost there and it's mm-hmm. so, I mean, it's so good that we can play 
but it's like fuck man i just like let's get just get fucking vaccinated i just don't yeah it's it nothing infuriates <laughs> me more than what's going on right now in this country yeah. because like to kind of bring it back to what we were talking about earlier like so I was, I've been on the ambulance like quite a bit lately. Like, so we go like our fire department, you know, I'm a paramedic and a firefighter. So we mm-hmm. were cross-trained. We get on different apparatus. So it's like, I do two shifts on the ambulance and then third shift is on the fire engine. That's just because of the rotation that we have with the guys in my crew. But so anyway, I'm on the ambulance a lot. And lately it has been a fucking atrocity because like, the hospitals are just completely full and it's yeah. full shock full of unvaccinated people. Right. And, and, and it's like, again, I have to be way more diplomatic than I am online where on the internet, right. I can be like, you're a fucking dumbass. Yeah. You know, but I have to also be a public health advocate. So yeah. when I get a patient that's, you know, sick from COVID, and, and they're in the back of the ambulance and I'm like, are you vaccinated? And they're like, no. And I'm like, why not? And I asked them that specifically because I'm not there to debate them. I just want to know exactly where their mind is at. And the weirdest yeah. thing is you'd think it'd be a whole bunch of people that are like, I ain't getting that shit, especially down here. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's actually, it's just indifference. It's just yeah. like, it's just people for so long received a message from the government, from the fucking Trump bullshit, uh, like I, I, and again, I, I am pretty like moderate about a lot of things. Like I'm yeah. socially hyper liberal, but like mm-hmm. I'm a person that's like recognizes like you have to keep a balanced budget. You right. Have to, you know, like we can't mm-hmm. just like I, as much as I'd love to spend all the money in the world on every social program, like we can't. We right. have to. We have to. Like we could if we got rid of half our fucking military spending. <laughs> but that's another story. Yeah. <laughs> but the problem with with a Trump cult mindset is that they for so long for years or i guess a year of this this pandemic he he installed the belief that it wasn't a fucking big deal right mm-hmm. and and then simultaneously you have all these bloviating fucking morons that have slick presentation who use conjectural bits of fact and they they sandwich bullshit with pieces of fact and then they say don't get the vaccine because X and X when in reality it's just conjecture. And it's like, Mm -hmm. if you don't have, if you're not scientifically trained or medically trained, you don't, you're not trained to recognize that it's bullshit and conjecture. Right. So they're getting it on both ends from, you know, you're of this idiot yelling, Oh, it's just, it's like magic. It's going to go away. It's no big deal. It's a conspiracy. And then you're getting all these fucking people that tend to also agree with them on a lot of political things like, you know, abortion, right. religion, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, we've been so divided that those people are just sticking to that camp. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, look, this is a biological entity. It does not care what you believe in. It right. does one thing. It replicates and it kills. So I guess two things. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that's it. That's all it yeah. does. Yeah. And, and, and it's just so weird. Like I had a woman the other day and she was a diabetic she was she had necrotizing fasciitis in her feet which was horrible Oof, and yeah. just absolutely i mean and she was so sweet and i felt so bad for her and she's just it's like such a lovely lady she's bedridden right and, and i'm like you know i'm just talking to her and we're just talking about like you know we're talking about food and i was like yeah like i love this and this and, this, and it's just so nice 
And, and I was like, ma'am, have you been vaccinated yet? And she said, no, I haven't. And I was like, I mean, just all the comorbidities mm -hmm. this woman had. And I was like, well, if you don't mind me asking, is there, what's your hesitation? And she said, well, I just, you know, I just wasn't sure about it. And that's what they right. all say is like, I'm yeah. sure about it. I said, ma'am, go get vaccinated right away. As soon as, because she, she didn't have COVID. She was just going for her right. disgusting feet, which was another, <laughs> yeah. another yes. a whole yes. other problem. Let me tell you. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, I it, it's just like that, that is so fucking tragic to me though. Mm -hmm. It's like, right. Well, you know, and we talked oh. and I told the girls, I was like, it's watching a death cult come to its logical end. Yes. 100%. Yeah. And I like, I unfortunately, my parents are my dad, not so much. My dad really is like most soldiers and doesn't give a shit about politics. He's yeah. a sailor. He'll be mad. I called him a soldier. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But my mom is still very, very Trumpy. And I got into a frog's hair of like, <laughs> we're going to go no contact over this. Like, I'm yeah. about to lose my mind. And yeah. then she got COVID. And then it just she's still Trumpy. There's nothing I can do about that. I've tried. We just don't talk about it. It's just, it's just, we're just going to pretend somebody broke wind in the room and we're just <laughs> not going to mention it. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't happen. We're just, we're not. But I mean, in that, and so she got vaxxed and cause yeah. I had always planned to, but she had yeah. been hesitant. Then when she got sick, she's like, Oh no, 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 no. Yep. Um, and so it was really like, families are breaking up over this stuff you know it's just it's a nightmare yeah well now it's Lori's soapbox time yep go on Lori. So all it. these all these fuckers that aren't getting vaccinated and then we live in the beautiful state of mississippi where our governor tater chip has decided <laughs> that there are no mass mandates in the schools and i've got a five-year-old who started kindergarten had a kid come up positive in his class i tested him at home last night my five-year-old has covid so now me, my husband and my two-year-old are home with him yeah. and my babies are sick because yeah. these dumbass people didn't yeah. get their shot. It, it's and, just and what's insane is I'm in Chicago and we're very nearly completely open because everybody up here did what they were supposed to do. Right. Once the vax came out, I mean, you had to fight to get an appointment yeah. <laughs> to get the vaccine up here. Yeah. Like I was up at 2 a.m. trying to get a CVS appointment yeah. um, and you eventually had to go to the health department, which was great. But <laughs> like I said, up here and even with Lollapalooza where we were all like, oh, like, it oh, didn't. Yeah. Right? I'm like, what are y'all doing? It yeah. didn't end up being a super spreader because everyone up here did what they were supposed to do. Yeah. And then I still have family on the Mississippi Gulf Coast who I desperately want to go see for Thanksgiving. But I'm like, if Mississippi doesn't have its shit sorted out, I'm not doing it, you know? Yeah. Nope. Yeah, it's 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 a systemic failure on on so many levels. And it's just, it, it's, it is really, it, it, it's almost like poetic. And, and if it weren't so tragic and, and real, it would be right. beautiful because it's like, you couldn't make this shit up. Like oh, yeah. if there oh, weren't sure. kids dying, yeah. I would be like, let them go. You know, I you mean, made your choice. Fuck off. Yeah, but I, kids I, can't get vaccinated. So it's like, right. you're going to, you're killing your kids to make a political point, right. which is just yeah. absolutely stupid. I have a friend, a, a pretty close friend of mine. That's like not staunchly anti-vax, but she's pretty, she's pretty in there. 
And, you know, I just, I, I, I told her straight up, I was like, this Delta shit, this is not yeah. last year. Yeah. And then on top of that, like, this is the reality. It's like, you know, it, and, and I've read a crazy amount about COVID because it's like, I don't know, my job or whatever. Right. But, right. So most, you know, most, the problem is, is that a lot of people are thinking about this stuff on framework of virology of the basic information that we know about, like things like the flu or whatever. And they're, and they're basing their judgments on viruses that we've, that we regularly experience. The problem is that this is a novel virus. It's right. new to the human yes. ecosystem. So most viruses do sort of mutate down because they've been mm -hmm. in our, you know, ecosystem of humanity for so long like the cold yeah yeah like that you know it's that that virus is it's 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 getting weaker and then sometimes it gets a little stronger it kind of fluctuates but it it, it does it it sort of stays along a line this virus has it's it's like a bull in a china shop i mean it's yeah. just getting mm -hmm. more and more deadly because it has it's it's figuring out ways to like that spike protein is just so intensely communicable right. that it's just figuring out ways of efficiency and yeah. we're and we're just getting run through like crazy um and so you know i told her i was like look you might get lucky once or even twice where you just get a cough and you get whatever that third time like and you know she's in her 30s i'm like you know you're gonna end up with scar tissue on your lungs mm -hmm. and that's never gonna fucking repair once right. you're once you're yeah. your lung tissue is like paper thin yeah i mean it is it's beautiful if you've ever seen uh if you ever get a chance to see a cadaver do it it's fucking incredible <laughs> but like lung tissue is like it's like tissue paper i mean it right. really it's so delicate and it's so fine and beautiful and uh when it gets scarred it's fucked and you know i have a lot of friends in other medical capacities i have two friends uh in um radiological the x-ray world um and they're seeing that one of them works with a um physical therapy like a post like rehabilitative physical therapy and then another works in the emergency department here in athens at uh, one of our hospitals and both of them are seeing like massive damage to people's lungs that are like in their 20s and 30s yeah and I'm like, it's a matter of time. It's just a matter of time before that happens to you. Because right. you might get lucky once, but the second time. Because yeah. the, the antibody response uh, for somebody that's not vaccinated is is like very marginal. I mean, it's just science. It's just mm -hmm. like, right. I, don't know, I don't know how to tell people right. further. It's like, we're, well, I'm not just making this shit up. Like, right. you know, like I'm not smart enough. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just telling you right. what doctors and epidemiologists and virologists are saying in like layman's terms. That's like, right. I don't even understand a lot of it, but I do know and trust these people. A lot of them, actually, one of the best things about TikTok is I've made friends with a lot of incredible people. Yeah. And uh, one of my favorite people who I now consider a, a good friend is, um, uh, her, her name is uh, Dr. Kat on oh, yeah. uh, TikTok. Yeah. She's an epidemiologist for the CDC. And her whole job is COVID research. That's literally yeah. all she does. And she has saved probably hundreds, if not thousands of people's lives through her PSAs and, and just TikTok content. And, you know, it's just like, I trust her 
and I talk to her regularly and I'm like, Hey, like I'll ask her like, Hey, what do you think about this? And you know, she's, she's very plainly stated and reasonable about, about everything, but it's like, I'm all I'm doing is trying to pull that information and give it to people on social media in, in very basic, easy to understand terms, because a lot of that stuff can be really like yeah intense and terse and like science orientated to the point where it's like, I mean, you'd need a PhD to understand a little bit of right. it. So I don't know. It's I, but I, I'm also pretty optimistic because I think that finally people are starting to realize in a larger way. I mean, if you look at the vaccination rates, they're going way up. Yeah. People are starting to go, Oh, cause it, I mean, Delta has like, uh, the R not of Delta. I'm not sure if y'all know about like transmissive, um, rates, but like, mm-hmm. so what most epidemiologists look at is what's called the R not. And that's just basically the rate of infection. That's how many people you're going to infect if you get mm-hmm. infected. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the R not of, the variant, the the primary variant that came through last year when we had our first big spike in the summer mm-hmm. was like, I think it was like 1.5 or two. So that means like every person that got mm-hmm. infected, infected one and a half to two people. The R naught of Delta is somewhere between five and nine. Oh, wow. God so, damn. This terrifies me. It doesn't yeah. sound like maybe a, a huge number, but that's exponential. No, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Right. It's fucking crazy. And it's just so, so incredibly uh, uh, transmissive. And it just, it's, it just spreads like wildfire. So, you know, it's unfortunate because I think that it will get a lot better, but it, it's, we're going through the worst like yeah. now and next month where it's just going to tear through. It's going to kill a fucking shit ton of unvaccinated people. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. You know, that's the thing is that people, deny all the shit until it happens to you mm-hmm, until it's mm-hmm. in your life and exactly ah uh, okay just like yeah. you, said, you know yeah like but my mom yeah. she was just absolutely fauci was part of the deep state yeah. and i'm just like <laughs> leave that little man alone i love yeah. him um yeah. but you know and we've she like i said she got it and it was it was bad and she had she went to the ER fortunately didn't get hospitalized but did have to yeah. go to the ER a few times to get fluids and stuff and they told yeah. her you get on a ventilator you're not getting off right mm-hmm. so and, you need to push through yeah absolutely yeah and th- and this and there's like things like I, I I had do not want to be like oh I play devil devil's advocate because right. like, the, the white guy that plays right. devil's advocate is a the devil has worse. plenty of advocates <laughs> yeah, yeah. that that white guy is like ninety nine percent of the time is just a total piece of shit yeah I will say like you know I there there are things and it, again it's like conjectural things and like pieces of things that don't matter to right now but like you know Fauci was a guy that was privy to the fucking AIDS epidemic. And they fucked that thing up. They did. Yeah, absolutely. And they did it because people were gay. And that's right. That's exactly 100%. 100%. Yeah. And I read a really great article about um, the leader of ACT UP when him and Fauci talked and, you know, and really was like, hey, you know, and he had, you know, from now on, he has nothing but great things to say. And I think a lot of times, you know, my mom was like, well, they kept changing. I was like, well, because the situation kept changing, right. Science. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it evolves. So yeah. yeah, at the very beginning, they did think that, oh, no, you don't need a mask because they didn't know what they didn't know. Right. And as yeah. you learn more, you, you know, you change. And I think that's something in our culture and in our society 
and I think it goes back into to the 2008 election because I'm that old um, when they kept <laughs> calling <laughs> <laughs> when they kept calling Hillary Clinton a flip flopper. And I'm like, you change your opinions when the situation changes or yeah. when you get more knowledge or when I have completely different opinions in my late 30s um, than I did at 21 because right. we're different people, different times, different everything, yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, this is like, I don't know, probably nobody knows this about me other than my f closer friends and stuff <laughs> is when I was in my early twenties, I was pretty conservative. You know, I was like, cause I mean, it, it dictated the terms of my, what I saw in my immediacy of my life, which was, right. I would just join the military and here's like the people that support us. Yeah. But that was all I saw. I didn't see the fact that like the war in Iraq was a fucking lie and was illegal. Right. Cause I didn't have the education or understanding to like, all I saw was like, okay, I'm joining the military. I didn't even care about politics. I, I was just like getting too high and reading like jump right. start and Camus and a bunch of <laughs> marshmallows is high. Hi, Hi, but you know, I, that was like, that was all I cared about. It was just like, I needed discipline structure. And right. Like, like there was a war on, I was like, oh, mm -hmm. I guess that, I don't know. It was really fucking stupid, but, but like, you know, for a while, I went through this period of time where I got into that, that pathway of thinking, because and, and the one thing that 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 I think I learned from that experience, though, was like, almost everything that I believed when I was in that mindset and of that belief system was totally emotionally based, right? Mm -hmm. It was just like, well, you know, are like, why am I paying for xyz right i could pay for myself like you know, it's just like it's just it, it was i i as i got more educated and i started to learn a lot about history because my degree in religion is basically a history degree i mean yeah. i started to see the scope of the world in a bigger way you know i you start to see that like th that like hyper conservative thinking it's a it's all based in in christian evangelical eschatology which is basically the world doesn't matter. We're impermanent. We're all here mm -hmm. to go do our thing and then we'll die and party with Jesus forever. Right. And then, mm -hmm. you know, it's also just hyper selfishness. Yeah, it's yes. just like, fuck you. Like I, I am an individual and I am a, <laughs> yeah. I'm a man. Like, you yeah. know, I always think about Alex Jones when he's like, yeah. oh, Lord. I'm a man. I bleed red blood. Yeah. I, I fight with knives. Like, yeah. I listen to the podcast Knowledge Fight that kind of um, critiques Alex Jones, and it's yeah. it's always amusing. And um, he's got mental problems that need need therapy and possibly medication. Oh, so yeah. he, he's. <laughs> well, the thing that's most fascinating about him is that he like is fully aware that he's full of shit. Like he went yeah, to right. court like two years three and years said ago. it was an act. Yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, so he wouldn't lose his kids. Yeah. You, <laughs> yeah, fucking, so... you coward. You fucking yeah. coward. Like yep. you can't even stand behind your bullshit. Yeah. Man, and I'm killed people because mm -hmm. of... exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like of the three of us, I'm the conspiracy one. I love <laughs> a good conspiracy theory. Yeah. Um. So I do like, the conspiracy space. I right. mean, you know, I do think that, you know, Charles Lindbergh had his kid killed. You know, I yeah. mean, oh, you there's, know, there's so. tons of conspiracies that are like legitimate. I mean, you know, right. I, I fully believe in, in um, like 
you know, the, the, the conspiracy of, uh, well, it's essentially been proven true at this point, but basically, uh, like the, the Gulf of Tonkin incident, right. That where, being where a stage, that, it, it just totally established Vietnam. And they just lied about it for like 20 fucking yeah. years until Robert McNamara was like, Oh, we lied about it. And then everybody's like, oh, sorry, that was, that was like three, three decades ago. It's fine. It's like, what the fuck? Like, no, like a million <laughs> Vietnamese people right. died and we like destroyed their country and like caused like health problems for generations through Agent mm-hmm. Orange. Like, like we fucking destroyed. And we have place. an entire generation of homeless vets because yeah. of it, but we're yeah. good. But it's fine. Yeah. You know, so there's, there's tons of conspiracies that, that are, uh, are legitimate and have a uh, basis in reality and, and, and should be like scrutinized and questioned. Right. Uh, but, you know, like, that's the thing that I guess that has always gotten me about, like, the Trump cult and the mm-hmm. QAnon shit. It's, like, so fucking flimsy that right. it's, like, dude, like, uh, if you get a chance, uh, HBO has a documentary on QAnon yes. that's staggering. Because <laughs> it basically... It's it so uncomfortable. It, it shows who it is. So it's so uncomfortable. It's a fucking weird middle-aged white guy living in like Thailand with his like yeah. even weirder Oof. weeb son. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just, and they're like really fucking strange. And they're like, it's not us. Or is it? Like the whole time yeah. you're just like, dude, you fucking idiots. Like I cannot fucking believe that people have died. I had shit. to turn it off a few times because my skin was crawling. Oh, I'm like, I can't, so bad. I can't watch you guys because yeah. I get too much secondhand like yeah. empathy. And I'm like, I'm going to, my skin is just going to yeah. come loose from my it's, body. I can't oh, watch. It's it's real intense. And then but... some crazy kills his infant children with a spear gun because That's of right. it. I mean, yeah. these oh things, my God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lori, Lori well, can't hear that. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just it's it's so preposterous and and like you know I'm I, I, I'm we're starting to write our second record with the band and a lot of the stuff that I find myself tending towards is it's not like political it's just like it's like I went through my tragedy of the war and just right. seeing how that affected everybody in Afghanistan and then how it affected me when I came back, just the stress. And I, and I, my, my experience was very mild. Right. Like overall, like we, we actually never got into a single gun battle. We were just around like suicide bombers all the time. Right. And like IEDs and shit, but it was enough to like fuck my head up. You know? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I have right. so much respect for the guys and girls who've been through really intense shit in right. combat but um uh, like now i i look at this whole like mass tragedy and and just how ignorant and and avoidable it is yeah, and i absolutely. and i just find myself like you know and and but again i am on the receiving end of this thing where right. i'm having to take these people to the hospital and a lot, like I mean, I've, I've like literally lost a couple of COVID patients in route because yeah. they were just, you know, like a couple of weeks ago, I had a woman who was cancer patient, metastatic cancer in her seventies, you know, the whole fucking family in the house had COVID mm-hmm. nobody's vaccinated. And like, they have like a Trump flag outside and all this shit. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, well, what's her history? Da, da, da. Is she vaccinated? Oh, she, they're like, Oh no, no, no. I'm like, why not? She has cancer. And they're like, well, we're, we ain't going to go into that. And I'm like, all right, cool. Okay. So, 
you know, put her on the uh, uh, SpO2 monitor. Her oxygen level was 74%. Oh, shit. Ugh, Jesus. And I, I fucking guarantee you that woman's dead. And, yeah. You know, she was like 70-something. She had years left. Like, yeah, see, that's I, young. That, that thing that really, that's, that's probably been one of the most insulting things to me. Uh, this whole experience is that we, like so many people in our society have collectively written off an already ultra marginalized group of people, yep. which is the elderly. Yep. Yes. This country is so, like, people ask me all the time, what is the like saddest thing you've ever seen? Which I'm like, why are you asking me that? But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I'll tell you, like, it's not a big deal. Like, but like, but anyway. Are you sure? Uh, <laughs> you're goth dad. So, yeah. They <laughs> just assume you're sad. Yeah. Yeah. But so, but I tell people all the time it's nursing homes because people yes. just sort of like put away and they forget yep. about them. And it's just like, well, not my problem. And, yep. I, and I understand a lot of people like can't deal with the medical issues of a parent, Yeah, but mm-hmm. it's like these, these places make shit tons of money and they mm-hmm. provide horrible fucking care. Horrible. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. The, yep. the, the nicest one in, in my area of responsibility is $5,000 a month yeah. per yeah. citizen. And it's okay. Yeah, I'm not gonna say it's bad. It's okay. Yeah, with yeah. a with a vocal fry. <laughs> no, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, no, well, you like, know, eh. and but collectively, this society through this pandemic has said if you're above the age of 65, you do not fucking matter. Mm-hmm. Or if yes, you're disabled, that's yeah. fucking bullshit. Yeah, and then and and let alone people with immune compromise mm-hmm. or any number of comorbidities. I mean, it's just like that 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 mindset it comes full circle into that same cult Mm -hmm. of personality bullshit that like as you mentioned death cult where it's like it's eugenics it's it's i mean it's eugenics yes it's it's fucking crazy these people are just saying if you're not fit to live you don't deserve to live right that's insane that's so malignant and awful Mm -hmm. because we're the richest country in the fucking world and you're gonna and it's like we have one of the highest death rates in this whole thing yeah Yeah. yes well, and here's my question too, because I hear it in your voice and, and posts that you've made. I cannot imagine how frustrating it must be to care for patients who are not vaccinated and they have no intention of being vaccinated, right. yeah. but you have to still treat them and you have to still take yeah. care of them. But how do you deal with that frustration? Because that's something <laughs> I've really struggled with over the last yeah. year is being so deeply angry at people who don't care and when i say my father died from it the first question is well what was wrong with him or the callousness i've been so frustrated for the last year and i'm still struggling with that so i'm curious how you deal with those same frustrations yeah Yeah. i mean i guess i it's hard because when you're dealing with the immediacy of a person, mm-hmm. you know, it's easy to, to, to opt to emotion, which is the anger of, right. yeah. well, this is just you deciding to be ignorant. But I, I think it's important to just sort of stop yourself and say, well, they're, they are part of this large mm-hmm. overarching thing, mm-hmm. which is it's, it's, it's like politics, but it's also culture. It's religion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so many major institutional forces that are affecting their decision to do this thing. Because I mean, that, that person didn't sit down and do legitimate research for like no, hours right. to no. make a decision to not get vaccinated. They fucking watched a stupid YouTube video for, right. for like <laughs> yes. two minutes. And then like their fucking drunk ass friend, Fred next door, pounding <laughs> Bud original 
was like, oh man, <laughs> fuck that shit. I, well, I talked to so-and-so who works down at the hospital and he's a CNA and he said that blah, blah. And it's like, they, they just, it's all this insane cognitive dissonance and confirmation bias. Yeah. It's just clashing and creating this tidal wave of bullshit. Um, and, and so I guess like for me, it's, I, I just try to recognize that that is what it is because I, th- I think that most everybody with very rare exception are pretty rational people. Like people right. are living and making decisions based on the circumstances that are presented in front of them. Um, and, and so I try not to like hold it personal to, to their mindset because I don't know where they come from. I don't know what right. their experience is like. Uh, and, 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 and then oftentimes, you know, the reality is, is like education is mm-hmm. the biggest sort of separating factor. Uh, That's true. I, like I'm, I'm yeah. really fortunate to be a, a relatively highly educated person and, and, a, and a self-educator. I, uh, for all of the, the myriad faults of my <laughs> persona right. and my, my uh, being in this world is, uh, you know, one of the benefits that I have been endowed through genetics or upbringing or whatever you want to call it is uh that i i'm i'm always curious about the world and i'm always learning and i'm always trying to improve and i'm very serious about that because i've yeah i I mean it's just from a young age i mean i've always been a a person that realizes that education and reading especially reading is is so important um and that's uh, just people don't do that anymore. I mean, just like right. people just don't fucking read anymore and don't. And, and I'm not saying you got to like read a novel. Like I, right. I've been right. really piss poor in the past year and a half right. just because my stress level, I can't relax enough to just sit down and fucking read a book. I anymore. have ADD. I'm doing the best yeah. I can. I mean, <laughs> yeah. and it's, but there's, there's, you know, there's also alternative methods of actual education now. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I think it just kind of boils down to, for me, it's like, I just recognize that a lot of these people are like not well-educated. They're right. products of their circumstance. They're victims of their circumstance. And I, and I, and I guess the ultimate solace that I take from it is that like, I hope, I really fucking hope that they learn that they, A, they live through this experience right. of being ultra sick and that they learn from it and they go, ah, maybe, you know what? I don't know enough to have like some right. big highfalutin decision about this, this <laughs> vaccine and I can go right. get this fucking thing. You know, like we're over a year of the trial yeah. data of the initial 70,000 people that lined up for Pfizer and said, stick that in exper- experimental shit in my arm. And those right. people, every single last one of them fucking heroes. Right. Was, yes, like, they like, are. Yeah. I'm, like I I've done some, like I've had moments of bravery in my life, not many, but a couple those fucking people like yeah at that point yeah that was scary it's like right you're gonna put what in my arm fuck it do it right yeah 100 yeah, and i try ways. and like being from a media background and having media training for the three of us i always try to remind people that the craziest are always the loudest oh yeah and just because that's who you're hearing doesn't mean that that's the consensus you know yeah. you see these parents at school board like i just want the teacher to see my daughter's face yeah. i'm like <laughs> Like, fuck your going, daughter's face. I don't right. want my baby with COVID. You're, You're going to see it in a coffin. Yeah. <laughs> you know, those people are going out of their way. Like, what, what, like, sad, shitty, 
minuscule life are you living where like you That's, have the yeah. time to go to a fucking school board to be like yeah, yeah. My daughter's face is so beautiful. Like, <laughs> fuck yeah. you. It's gonna be yes. really I, beautiful in a baby coffin. I, okay. I, I would, if I could have two more hours in every day, I would be so fucking happy because <laughs> I am just, I can't. There's not enough time. Yeah. To right. do all the shit that that I need to do. If if you have the time to go yell at people who are just trying to fucking do the best they can mm-hmm. with the circumstances, you are a, like a piece of shit. Like those yeah. people, fuck 100%. those people. I, yeah. Yeah. Like that, that kind of shit. It's like, that's where my empathy drops off completely. Yeah. Oh yeah. When, when you become like militantly ignorant, when you're like right. aggressive about it, you know, and that's, if you're going to be stupid, please be quiet. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Keep it to yourself. Exactly. I do have to say though, um, on a totally different topic, you said the the phrase highfalutin and that <laughs> just that was beautiful. This is the kiss. Yes. I, it's yes. it's bound to come out. I'm like three glasses of wine deep, so <laughs> good, good. Good. But I, I love I'm usually love, the drunk one when we record. <laughs> that I love the term uh y'all. Uh-huh. because it is the most inclusive it's yes. gender neutral like it know, is i, I use it it's all beautiful the time. Mm-hmm. It's i have a ever, bumper um, sticker that says y'all means all mm-hmm. yeah and i was gonna say the bitter southerner has a t-shirt that i have that says all y'all and it's in rainbow so <laughs> yeah heck yeah I, I love the bitter southerner me too yeah, <laughs> yeah. So good. um well speaking of things we like um on a different note just because the COVID topic is heavy and my heart's yeah. a little heavy with yeah, it. Yeah. So I want to yeah. move on to something happier, in my opinion, Hell cemeteries. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> do you have a favorite cemetery? And if you do, what is it? Yeah. Um, I really like uh, the one here in Athens, the Oconee Street Cemetery. It's really cool. Um, and I mean, it, I guess it's like partially just because of like proximity but it's it's actually super old like athens is a very old city because mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. like one of the first like uga is one of the first public universities in the country right um and it's very storied and uh the oconee street uh or coney hill cemetery is like right behind the um football stadium and it's just like absolutely massive it's like way bigger than you think it's going to be um so that's it's it's really well kept and it's it's just like really beautiful uh, old headstones and uh, it's just a nice quiet place to go hang out. And it's like a mile from my house, which is nice. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, um, I, I grew up uh, when I was in California, there's this, I don't know the name of the cemetery, but there's a cemetery. Um, I think it's in San Diego and there's this place called Dennis the Menace Park, which is like the dumbest. <laughs> it's awesome. Just, it's a huge playground, but there's a cemetery right next to that. And I have really fond memories of being a kid because when, and this probably explains a lot about me, but uh, <laughs> when I was a kid, we used to go to that park all the time. My sister and I, my sister's like six years older than me, but you know, we were both really young and we'd go play on the playground, but I was always really fascinated by that cemetery uh, so I have a lot of like really good memories because my, my mom, uh, my my mother is also uh, a medical professional. She's a surgical technologist. So she's the awesome. person that basically hands the tools to the surgeons and um, she's kind of like retired now, but uh, you know, she's always, 
she's always been what I consider like a naturalist, you know, she's, mm -hmm. she's a green thumb. She has this extremely expansive knowledge of, um, uh, agriculture and, and, uh, plants. She knows the Latin names to like a shit <laughs> <of> plants. <laughs> yeah. She can just look at something and be like, Oh, that's this. And I'm like, how the fuck yeah. do you remember that? Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, from a young age, I think she's, you know, her being a uh, sort of a small town German kid, you know, that grew up in the countryside, grew up mm -hmm. with animals and, and, you know, big expansive forests and stuff like that. Uh, she, she kind of instilled that same sort of thing with me. And, and, and I think part of that is the fascination with mortality mm -hmm. and the fascination with, the end of life because it is so it's it's your i think in a in a sense the most natural things that you do are that you're born and then you die and mm -hmm. then there's a whole bunch of other crazy shit that happens in between that <laughs> but those are the two guarantees uh um for for i guess there's somebody that is born it's like you're guaranteed to it eventually that you will die uh and so yeah she didn't there was never any from either of my parents, any sort of um, uh, pulling me away from morbidity or, mm. or, or like shaming me for interest and fascination and morbidity. Um, and, and I, you know, I used to hunt with my dad and we had respect for the mm -hmm. animals that we killed. Um, and I learned that when I was a teenager, you know, hunting in Canada, my dad and I used to go on these trips to Canada. And, uh, you know, I remember like shooting a deer, uh, the first deer that I ever shot. Um, I, I didn't, it was a really long shot and I hit it, but I didn't kill it. And we had to go kill the deer. And it was, you know, it, it could have been a traumatic experience, but my dad was very good at, at you know, saying like, we need to stop this suffering and we need to, mm -hmm. you know, bring peace to this animal. And, 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 and this isn't for sport. This is, we're going right. to eat this animal. And he, and he's like, you've got to gut this animal too. And, you know, you start to understand this is a living thing. This thing right. is, uh, uh, it's not just an animal. This thing had a family. I mean, literally like this, mm -hmm. yeah. it's, it's a, it's a, it's a creature of this world. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, the, my parents were very good at doing stuff like that. Um, so that uh, that was like a big thing that, that I was really appreciative of. But uh, this is all about cemeteries. So um, <laughs> I, again, tangent, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I, I recently went up to New York also to um, visit a couple of friends that I made via the Internet uh, during the pandemic and, and via like TikTok especially. And um, a really, really wonderful lady uh, named uh, Miss Cherry Delight. She's like mm -hmm. a rock, uh, shock rocker. Yeah. Uh, she's, she's got this like really amazing stage show. She's just really intense. But she's a really lovely, lovely person. Uh, I met up with her and we went to um, the Greenwood Cemetery in oh, New yeah. York City. And yeah. that's just like, it was just so fucking amazing. Like, I mean, just how intensely packed that place is and all the just the 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 diversity of the the headstones and the the um mausoleums and everything were just so beautiful i got to see basquiat's grave which was cool mm, yeah um yeah uh i mean that's like probably 
the coolest ones I've been to. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, I, I, there are a lot of cemeteries that I went through. Uh, I think the most meaningful experience that I've had with cemeteries when I went to Normandy uh, oh, yeah. and was in Omaha beach. Uh, Cause that was right before I went to Afghanistan and just realizing the insane and intense sacrifice because uh, I think one of the good things about military cemeteries is they make you see in a very physical way. Like, yeah. holy fucking shit. Like, and those were 18 year old kids. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Babies. Fucking, yeah. They were just, they were, and, and most of them were, were drafted, you know, they yeah. weren't professional mm-hmm. soldiers. They were people who were given a couple months of training and then boom, here you yeah. go. Uh, and they and they got off those landing craft and were gunned down immediately. Yeah. Or, or they made it a couple weeks into the hedgerows of France uh, and through the Normandy countryside and were gunned down and uh, or blown apart. And, I mean, it's the yeah. unbelievably staggering cost of that. Um, but you know, that was there. There, if you ever get a chance, uh, go to that. Go to Normandy. France is beautiful. The food mm-hmm. is unbelievable. The wine is unbelievable. But like. <laughs> Normandy in particular is just such a cool place because there's there's just such a sense of reverence. Right. Um, and then when you go to Omaha, um, Omaha Beach is, you know, the cemetery is right off of the beachhead. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can walk the beaches where the, the gun emplacements are still overlooking the beach. Right. And you sit and you can literally go into the gun emplacements that look down on the beach. And you're like, how the fuck did anybody survive this? Right. But then you go to the cemetery and it's just, it just goes and it goes and it goes and goes. Yeah. So, you know, there's like, I think there's like 5,000 people buried there and it's just so immense. And uh, yeah, it just makes you realize the, the, uh, how, how, how incredible the human spirit can be that. Yeah. Cause those were babies that never got back home. Like their families sent them off from their farms in Kansas or wherever they were from and they never got their baby back. Yeah. Yeah. They, they were buried in France, you know, and most of those families were not like at that time you couldn't just like, it's not like now you're just like, you can't transport. Yeah. Yeah. Like let's go see John's grave in in Normandy. Like Mm -hmm. they never saw them again. Like not Mm -hmm. in a, corporeal sense or right. figurative like to pay homage and respect um yeah uh yeah that was a really really amazing experience um and i and i i will always i think that world war ii was i i mean i i you can look at the history and and there's uh, there's a lot of reasons why we went to that war that had mm-hmm. nothing to do with the the like uh saving of the jews right or, Right. ridding the world of fascism it all right. really boiled down to money because we were really big fans of fascism actually yeah. Oh, yeah. We, were, <laughs> yeah. we were all about that shit for a while and we yeah. still fucking are but um yeah you know at the end of the day though like I, it's 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 tough because i think that sometimes like america accidentally gets a whole bunch of shit right right and that was <laughs> definitely one of them where it was like <laughs> right we really like we by circumstance we got involved in that thing but it really saved the fucking world along with but i mean you, you gotta obviously recognize that the russians right also did yeah. they essentially defeated the germans but you know it it was a it was a a really incredible moment where the whole world 
got together to get rid of this awful thing and then we fucked it up again immediately yeah. right but, um but th- there's there's still honor and there's beauty of that sacrifice and i think that that's just seeing that that cemetery it's just it's so profound and it and it just moves you in a way that's like indescribable until you just yeah. like, hear the crashing of the waves behind you and you're just staring out all these you know these headstones and it's just it's just profound so yeah that's that, that might be my favorite actually okay yeah yeah I'm so curious too. I know we're coming up on almost two hours. Oh, we do need to let you go at some point. Uh, no, I, I, got, I got nothing. I'm just going to make more dumbass videos for this. <laughs> we love that. That's what we want. Yes. Um, but I'm just curious, and um, I don't know your spiritual beliefs if you have any, but um, as someone who has been so close to death so mm. often, what do you think happens to us after we pass? Uh, that's that's the ultimate question. <laughs> you know, when I was a academic student here in Athens, uh, uh, going through um, the uh, program for religion, uh, I used to be a very staunch atheist, like 100 percent. There's nothing. I mean, it's yeah. just nothing. Um, but through that, like I learned a lot about Taoism and Eastern traditions and that kind of opened my mind a little bit. Um, and then I, I, I guess just, so I, my, my practice religiously is sort of what you would call in a formative sense, like chaos magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I sort of have <laughs> ritualistic intentional uh, meditations mm-hmm. to, to things that I, desire out of my yeah. experience and I, I i can't really go more into it because i i do believe that sort of the secret gives it power but mm-hmm. more or less i i think my my like religious belief if, if i could sort of explain it in a, in a, a real easy bottom line up front kind of way is like there is a unifying energy or a code or there's something to this reality that is uh both ethereal and indescribable and unknowable Mm -hmm. simultaneously uh i i don't know that i consider it an intelligent design i don't think that there's like some being that like made things go into to to existence i think it's just simply nature and i mean if you look at nature uh, you know, everything is a system, everything like, I mean, mm-hmm. even the human body, it's this insanely complex system and every piece has to kind of function for it to fully realize itself. Um, and if you take one little thing, it still works, but it doesn't work as well. And it's, it's, it's only really perfect in a way when it's all happening um, and, and so when I started to learn about stuff like that, I started to see that in the world at large, it's like harmony is achievable, but it's like, it's so rare that it happens. Uh, but that the knowledge of that makes me understand that there is this sort of like design. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, I certainly don't believe it's intelligent design, but there's a, uh, intrinsic, just naturally expressed design and I think the more that we appreciate that, the more that we're in tune with that, the more uh, fulfillment that you experience and the more beauty that you observe. 
um, the more that you that you're able to process it and and to use it. Um, and um, yeah, I I don't I don't know that I I, I certainly don't think I believe in a, like a afterlife of consciousness uh, as far as like I die, you know, dusty evaporates from this shell and like goes into some other realm and is like mm -hmm. oh hey like my dead war friends and like right. hey you know at that point you know hypothetically mom and dad or like right, what, you know right. like but i think that um like have you ever seen um uh true detective <laughs> okay so in the end of true detective uh, uh, Russ Cole, who's played by Matthew McConaughey, like his whole character is this like super flawed character, and a whole bit of him is like he's this hyper intelligent guy, but he's so fucking flawed because his daughter died in some like undescribed tragedy, mm -hmm. um, and and he almost dies in the end. Spoiler alert: he almost dies in the end of it, and then he's talking to uh, Woody Harrelson's character, and he's like you know, I could feel my dad and I could feel my daughter in this void. And, and I just, and it was just everything that it needed to be. And, and I think that, um, I, 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 I guess I hope that that is exactly right. Mm -hmm. That when you die, your being and your, everything about you, that's good. Uh, goes to to this sort of um like amalgam of everybody else ever and and it just because like i i do think that we're all uh undeniably connected even the people that you just despise i mean you're just connected mm -hmm. to them and and we're all capable of love and we're all like we all sort of want fulfillment and connection and i think that it would just be so wonderful if if it was just this confluence at the end of things uh but you know i at the end of the day i don't really worry about it because mm -hmm. <laughs> i don't know and i will never know until i do know or i don't know and <laughs> right I, and yeah. if i don't know at that point then it doesn't matter right uh, <laughs> I have given Sheena the chaos magic pitch before. So hopefully now she listens um, to me. I <laughs> meander that way a little. There. You know, it's, there's, um, there's a really good book by Phil Hine. It's worth reading. Condensed chaos. Yeah. That's a really good one. That's, I think that's one of the most, there's a lot of it that gets really fucking ridiculous. And <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. You can like, get really hooky do and kind of stupid with it. Yeah. If you feel like you're so inclined but yeah i mean to me it's it, it it's like i mentioned it's it's very intentional ritualistic meditative effort where you're yeah. setting a time and a place and a like for me i have like a literal altar mm -hmm. and it's like mm -hmm. this is the time for me to think about this thing and to yes. sort of pay yep. my time and my bidding to uh uh like a, a like a literal deity that I am mm -hmm. using for that moment to, to sort of evoke that uh, action into existence. Um, and, and I only do it for positive things. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't ever ask for anything that, that would even accidentally harm anybody. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I, 
I think my favorite part of the whole thing of chaos magic is almost every single person that has written about it or is like really serious and not like a stupid, like esoteric kind of way, but a more practical sense is like, disclaimer, this might all be bullshit. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, ah, you got me. I like that. That's good. Yeah. So it's, but you know, it's. That's think, my favorite thing about like ghosts and stuff. Well, they're not real. Nothing's real. So just, yeah. We're just picking which flavor we like. Just shut yeah. up. You yeah. know? <laughs> so Dan, our uh, bass player, is a biochemical engineer, and he's like a literal genius. He's like one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. And I love talking to him. And he was explaining to me in like pretty scientific terms uh, that I like didn't understand that much of. Uh, pretty recently, we were talking about how like there's a lot of evidence mathematically that this is all a fucking simulation. Yeah. And I was <laughs> I've like, heard that. Oh, yeah. Oh I've heard God. that too. And I can't think too hard about it or I'll yeah. just, I'll get real fucked up. <laughs> you know, I, I almost prefer that to be the case because me too. <laughs> then I'm just like, okay, cool. Like yeah. I'm all right with everything now. Like, it's yeah. just fine. Yes. Like, That's, you know, I, yeah. I, I'm, we still have to like, things are still defined by the parameters of the game so to speak so like you can still like demonize awful things like war murder pedophiles Mm -hmm. like all that fucking horrible shit right but like at the you know like it it would just make me not sweat the small stuff as yes that's exactly my thought on it that or i just like immediately kill myself (laughs) (laughs) i know right (laughs) i'm just kidding i'm (laughs) um I think I am out of questions unless you ladies have anything or, I mean, I have one more, but it's frivolous. So do it. Do y'all do have it. any other questions? Girl, this entire thing is frivolous. Do it. True. <laughs> uh, I think we need, it is. I think we need for good measure a hi there, baby bat. And a <laughs> love you kiddo. Cause oh. those make me so happy. <laughs> oh geez. Okay. I guess. <laughs> I guess if I'm forced to, uh, <laughs> my my dear baby bat, uh, you know, I'm really glad to be here, and I'm really glad that I got to have such a lovely conversation with you. Uh, so yeah, kiddo, I hope that you all have a good night, and uh, thanks for having me. <laughs> Love Thank it. You. Thank, yeah. you Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. And I think the th- three of us. I know I have a ticket to y'all's show in Chicago. I don't cool. know if the girls have got theirs in Memphis yet, but I'm a little scared of. I won't lie. I'm just I know I'm COVID I'm, yeah. shy. Um, but if you want to go to lunch or something, you yeah, know, yeah. me and Lori are around. So cool. Yeah. yeah, we're we'll be in Tennessee twice. Actually, we're cool. coming to Memphis, and then we're also going to come to Nashville now on the 21st of November. Cool. So yeah, I mean uh yeah no worries i mean it's totally understandable i think everybody has to find their like comfort zone with this shit uh it's gonna even once we've sort of kicked this thing it's gonna be a sort of healing process for Mm -hmm. a lot of people yeah like and people like me i've had a i've had the um benefit of of being a little bit more cavalier about things because i've i mean i've been in the back of a metal box with covid patients like coughing in my face i'm like i mean there it is like (laughs) like i'm wholly comfortable standing in a crowd of like a thousand people because it's just like you know i'm vaccinated and i know the vaccine works because i've seen it i yeah everybody that's in fucking icu right now basically with very few exceptions 
and those exceptions people that are yeah i mean it's, it's mm-hmm. yeah it's just through and through um so yeah it's 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 totally i it, i i don't take it as a personal snub at all <laughs> yeah so, no i'll but, get um, her there i'll get next, her there <laughs> i've i mean since year. my <laughs> since my dad it's died like, i've pretty well lived yeah, yeah. yeah we'll just wrap her in some ppe she'll yeah. be good. yeah yeah no it's uh, it's i think it's october 5th in memphis yeah. so we've yeah. got i've got time to get there her with so it. I, and we we can take you to get some good memphis barbecue well uh i'm gonna bum you out i'm a vegetarian so, uh, <gasps> that's okay i know where to get the best portobello mushroom sandwiches two of my best yeah. friends in town are vegetarians okay. oh, yeah. so i'm down yeah, I'm down. yeah, yeah okay. and I, I and i'll and this is another uh like of all the like talk of doom and gloom which i love but uh <laughs> you know i'm also a big proponent of the positivity and, and yeah this is, a, this is a, a nice little bit of good news is that since they have uh authorized this third booster mm-hmm. um there is uh, a lot of science and they don't again they don't know until it's like really right. happened in the in the population but a lot of uh epidemiologists and the scientists behind the vaccine technology they're pretty damn sure that after this third one it's kind of we're gonna be good go. yeah i hope so and it's i mean it, it if you look at a lot of vaccines, um, just in comparison, there are very few that have like similarities to this thing that are two cores. They're almost always three cores. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, I, I, I'm, I'm, I am like slightly optimistic. It's cautiously optimistic. I'll say about the next year. I think that by the end of this year into next spring, it's going to be a lot different. Uh, and I think that, uh, you know, we just had to go through this rough patch of what's going on right now where people are just getting punched in the face by reality left and right. Yeah. And it's like, I'm sorry, but if that's what it takes for you to wake up, that's what it takes. You know, right. it's like, I mean, people just uh, have to lift that veil that's been thrown over them so many times in the past you know i mean even even past trump it's like right. shit transcends yeah decades of bullshit mm-hmm. um and and it's i mean it is what it is but i i i think that uh way better days are ahead and uh and we'll be we'll be out dancing in the streets very soon <laughs> I hope so. Hope so. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm already doing it. <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, it's it's uh, like I said, you got to find your comfort comfort yeah. zone, mm-hmm. and it's and and I, I I absolutely hate it when people shame anybody for like being cautious or like right. You know, it's like like the way that I look at it is like I'm vaccinated. I'm still using PPE. Like I right. wear a mask in crowded areas you know, where it's applicable and where it makes sense. Uh, but like, I'm okay being around people, but if you're not like, there's nothing wrong with that. There's yeah. Nothing, no. Nothing and that. I've told both of the girls, like if I weren't in Chicago where they had their shit together yeah. and they had this on lock, yeah. I would probably never leave the house. But yeah, you know, yeah. like I said, they had a hundreds of thousands of people music festival and we had yeah. very little because everybody had their shit together yeah yeah it's it's and it's so weird because like down here it's not like that at all (laughs) 
and you know everybody <laughs> yeah. in the band except for like emily and i like emily our keyboard player and co-vocalist she's a bartender and a bar manager so she and like nothing closed here like that's right. georgia georgia literally never closed yeah. we had yeah. two weeks where everything closes a little bit and then it was right. just like wide open um so her and i are, have been around this shit like just constantly and so we've had a bit more of a cavalier attitude about it um but like you know dan and jason you know they're a bit older and like jason's got a kid and dan's partners who mean compromise to some Mm -hmm. extent uh so they've had to be way more cautious um and like we're like we all we all have tickets to go to that sunday of riot fest which i I don't even know if i give a shit about it anymore uh i'm going the friday of riot fest because it's the smashing pumpkins (laughs) yeah yeah, i wish i wish we were going to be there for that well we were going to go on sunday which was going to be nine inch nails and the pixies and both of them have dropped out oh Um, yeah but you know like good love yeah god i i've been trying to see them for years yeah this year was yeah this year was like because last year's riot fest got canceled and it was supposed to be the smash of pumpkins and my chemical romance my chemical romance dropped this year um but the smash of pumpkins are basically a local band up here so um and i was like y'all behave because billy corgan is germaphobic and if y'all don't behave he's gonna drop out of this and i'm gonna be really mad (laughs) get it together i got to see them a couple years ago and they're fucking phenomenal yeah they're amazing absolutely amazing incredible musicians like and he's like a monstrously tall person six four he is oh jesus six four he's like a foot taller than anybody else in the band it's really bizarre he's like it's just it's like we're talking about my crush since i was 12 here Ah. (laughs) she's got the stats i've got them i've got them memorized You dig it. <laughs> well, hey, speaking of music and stuff, um, pimp yourself out. Tell okay. everyone yeah, where yeah, they absolutely. can find you. And cool. and I know I've enjoyed your record. So tell Thanks. people where they can find it so they can yeah. enjoy it as well. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, I guess the hub of it is uh, visionvideoband.com. That will kind of get you to all of our nonsense, uh, like social media stuff like links to TikTok uh, where you can see embarrassing videos of me and then uh, <laughs> links to Instagram, which uh, is a little bit more refined. There's still embarrassing stuff, but it's like, <laughs> I do a lot of my makeup stuff there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's more n- music orientated news uh, on, on Instagram. It's just, it's like a little bit more curated. Whereas like yeah. TikTok is just like unadulterated <laughs> off the cuff. <laughs> yes. yes. Like I will post stuff and I'll be like, well, I'm just going to post this and not think about it. And <laughs> it's out there. Like I see what like, happens. That's kind of my thing with TikTok is like, I don't really have a f- major filter. Like the only filter I have is like, would this really upset anybody that I don't want to upset? Yeah. And, like, you know, if it's a Republican, I'm like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But anybody else like a Republican or anti-vaxxer, I don't give a shit about, but anybody else, uh, uh that's yeah. my only filter. So it's pretty ridiculous. But, um, <laughs> and then we've also got like our merch and, uh, we've got some really cool, well-designed shirts and like, you know uh we're, we're repressing um actually this record which uh i have weirdly right here I don't know <laughs> how convenient <laughs> yes so we are currently sold out um this is my one copy that i kept for myself <laughs> you know it's like funny you make all this stuff and you're like oh like maybe in 30 years i'll want to have that right yeah um, so mm-hmm. 
Uh, we're repressing the vinyl. Um, Great. So that'll be done in September sometime. And then uh, we sort of like periodically release shirts and stuff. And uh, because they're really well designed by cool artists and stuff mm -hmm. that I would want to wear myself. And mm -hmm. in fact, I do wear myself because I am that person. Yeah. Um, uh, they sell out really quick. Um, so, you know, if there's not stuff on there that you like, just take a look back in there. And every couple of weeks we update it uh, as we repress shirts and what have you. Um, but yeah, other than that, the music, which is the most important thing, of mm -hmm. course, is it's, it's sort of everywhere. It's like, we, we, we have it on every streaming platform that mm -hmm. you could possibly imagine. There's like 30 of them. I don't even know all of them, to be honest, <laughs> but your major like Spotify, Apple music, Amazon right. music, um, you know, all the bullshit, it's all out there. Um, and we're working, uh, slowly, but surely on the second record right now. And it's, uh, it's quite a bit different, uh, so far, but it's, um, I think it'll be a better record, uh, just in so far as, uh, we know, like when we, when we wrote the first record, we didn't, we were growing and, and learning what mm -hmm. we were as a band and it changed a lot uh, as we got through it. Uh, and I think we kind of firmly know who we are now which is good because the music is a lot better. Uh, it's just more succinct and it's tighter. And, and, and I, like, also I just got a lot better at playing guitar. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, you know, stream the stuff and uh, that's pretty much it, you know? Yeah, I awesome. Mean, and then, uh, yeah. Vision video band at gmail.com. If you shoot me an email, I, I actually respond to pretty much all of our emails. It gets really hard to respond to any level of the messages on TikTok, uh, we yeah. had 250,000 followers on there yesterday. And I'm like, I, there's no fucking, it's like literally <laughs> impossible for me to respond. Yeah. Me. Yeah. But, uh, if you email me, I'm usually pretty <laughs> open and I, I like talking to people at email cause I can just like get around to it whenever. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Well, well, thank you so much for being on the yes. show. We appreciate it. Yes, you. absolutely. This was fun. Yeah, thank you so much. I, I, uh, it's nice to be able to just like unadulterated, like mental vomit, like mm -hmm. everything that yeah. I want to say, like, and it's not, I mean, I, I, that's why I love doing podcasts is because like, yeah. I I can just really go off on hardcore <laughs> tangents. Nobody's going to stop me. No. <laughs> You should uh, see our group chat. It's pretty much okay. I know we were talking about this, but here's what we're thinking about now. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hey, I mean, that's, that's how you, that's how new ideas come. Mm -hmm. you know, Absolutely. That's, that's like yes. the beauty of creation. It's like, when you can just get a group of like-minded people together and just like, just talk and talk and talk. Yeah. And then before mm -hmm. you know it, like out of all of the chaos of that, there's usually yeah. one yeah. really cool succinct idea or some like yeah. really cool moment. So that's, that's pretty nifty to me. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank and you guess... so much for your time. Yes, yeah, of course. All yeah, right. Anytime. All right. We'll so, see yeah. you in uh, Chicago and Memphis. Then. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. I'm I'm gonna hold you to that portobello mushroom sandwich. It it's good. Yes. I, it's good. <laughs> it's good. I don't know any. I joke that I did not move up to one of the best like food cities in the world to eat salad. So yeah. unfortunately, I can't. 
I'm sure there are great vegetarian options here in the yeah. city, but I've been subsisting off of talk of hot dogs and pizza. So <laughs> pizza, pizza's vegetarian. Yes. If you make it there you way. go. And like, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I've only been a vegetarian for about a year, but it's okay. It's uh, it's, it's incredible. Like when you start to really dig into it and you start to learn like what to do when mm-hmm. you don't have meat as an option anymore. I right. Mean, it's just like, it'll blow your mind how much mm-hmm. stuff there is that you just wouldn't think of. So yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I'm excited to be in places like Chicago because I've never yeah. been to Chicago, mm-hmm. but uh, the, you know, bigger cities just have wildly vast vegetarian options. Yeah. We have uh, a big Indian population too. I'm not mm-hmm. far from little India. Awesome. Um, so it's a, will... it's a neat, I live in Hipsterville. It's fun. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Indian food is so vegetarian mm. friendly and it's so good oh, okay. yeah I'll, you'll probably find me there so. <laughs> all right well Luhu, do you want to tell everybody where they can find us as a podcast yes yeah, so cemetery row is on social media at facebook instagram and twitter at cemetery row pod or if you'd like to send us an email you can email us at cemetery pod at gmail.com <laughs> awesome well thanks again desi we appreciate thank you it. so much yes yeah, absolutely anytime we'll we'll do this again in a year maybe and yes <laughs> check back maybe, in. maybe yes. we'll have some starkly different opinions <laughs> maybe so yeah. maybe so maybe not, <laughs> yeah, <probably> not. <laughs> all right y'all all right thanks again. okay have a great night you, you too. too thanks bye bye, bye.